0: It is now Tuesday, May 24th, 2022. I'm here at the start to say something about what happened today in Texas. Because obviously, we recorded last night before the shooting took place. Uh, as of right now, 18 dead. Children at an elementary school, in addition to at least one adult teacher and the the shooter is also dead I don't have anything prepared to say here i don't know i don't write anything out, but it felt weird i had finished uh, I had finished editing the podcast already and was in the process of exporting it and posting it to our site when news of this broke and I got distracted and didn't get it posted. And then, you know, more, more and more details continued to come out throughout the rest of the evening. And I'm only now getting back to it and it didn't feel quite right to just post the episode without some sort of a disclaimer. Uh, these, these ones that happen at schools feel worse. Uh, obviously I was not to downplay what happened in, in Buffalo uh, last week, or or any of the other things that happened. But, you know, Newtown and, and this one, in all likelihood, because of my own children at this point, uh, strike pretty close. I don't know that there is anything... I mean, I, I have no answers. Uh, I think that anyone pretending to answers ought to be somewhat ashamed of themselves um and i guess that's sort of typical of of the way that i i see the world these days but looking for easy explanations and rationalizations and and solutions in moments like this feels just incredibly empty to me and i think it's important to hold on to the feeling of not having a why that the the why isn't always there and that any any why is not sufficient to the grief whatever you whatever you come up with for a why won't do justice to the harm that was caused and can't, certainly can't solve anything. Uh, Which is not to say that there's nothing to do. Of course, I think that there is something to do because I think that this is, above all, a choice that we collectively continue to make. I've been of the you call it a belief, I guess. I've been of the belief that culture, that a, a way to define culture, which I, I i don't think is an easy task, but one way to understand culture the way that I've been thinking about it lately, these last few years, is that culture is just the the totality of all of the decisions being made by every single person in a particular area. Over and over again, every day, that there is no external culture, there's no big umbrella. It's just this thing that we continue to, to invent and reinvent every single day. It's a, in the same way that that in an important way that's, that's all any life is that you get up and the choices that you make, the decisions that you come to, the behavior that you exhibit. That's what a life is, and is, is not external to you, and, he, and our culture is not external to us. Our culture is just the result, the collective result of all of our choices. And we continue to choose this collectively. Is there a way in which some of us are more to blame than others? Obviously, uh, and that's not to attempt to... Tear any of the blame away from those who are personally, ultimately responsible. Those who actually take these horrific actions. And I've said before that I I, I default to calling it inhumane or calling it monstrous. And I, I try not to do that. I think it's I think that to call something like this inhumane to call it monstrous is to try to offer absolution. An unearned absolution to the human race by redefining who we are uh by ignoring all the worst parts this is who we are these are the this is these are the choices that we make, and we make them over and over again. That doesn't mean that I know what the right next step is. It doesn't mean that there's some issue set that you can pull and figure out what Congress ought to do next. I don't know what it means. I think it just means that we have to figure out a way to make different choices. That collectively, somehow, we have to change the way we interact with this this object, this this thing that we've this invention of ours that is capable of producing such horrific uh, violence, such such awful results. And it's not just the gun of course there I was watching ABC News this weekend on Sunday morning, the this week program. Martha Raditz got a tour of the USS Maine, I think it was, which is a United States nuclear submarine, and she was speaking with the admiral, or whoever's in charge down there, talking about how there are 240 armed nuclear missiles aboard this machine of war capable of, Essentially, unspeakable destruction. And this was framed as a weapon of deterrence. And their war gaming and preparation was explained as a way of keeping the peace as they ride around in the ocean with enough firepower to end human life, essentially. In that Watching that and then and then seeing some of the immediate reaction today had me had me thinking of it immediately. Just there's there's something there. I, I've written about this I, I, elliptically many times before. I'll I'll put the link to my essay that I wrote a few years ago about free will and the gun in the in the show notes here. It's called The Contingency of Oarsman and it i try to somehow bring together my sort of incoherent thoughts about what free will is and how it relates to our our inability to control much of the world around us uh but the the kicker the 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 point of the story is that we do have oars, we have choices and I'll I'm kind of rambling now. I'll just I'll read a couple paragraphs from the end of that posted in February of 2018. This was written I guess after the Marjorie Stoneman shooting, the Valentine's Day shooting from 2018. It it doesn't again, it doesn't offer any answers. It doesn't offer any wise I don't think that those are, are useful, and to the extent that answers are possible, I certainly don't think that any one individual uh, can come to them on their own. But this is from the end of that. It is, of, it is often said after these massacres that such are the wages of freedom, that the cost of freedom includes this, that we should do nothing. Nothing. If the cost of freedom is the regular slaughter of children, if the cost of freedom is an army of teachers trained in close combat and expected to be experts in assessing which of their students poses a mortal threat and then executing those students in self-defense, if the cost of freedom is maximum security schools with fences and armed guards and locked doors, then this is a cost that we simply will not bear. Again, If the cost of freedom is the regular slaughter of children, then this is a cost that we simply will not bear. We must either lower the wages of freedom, or we can expect that enough people will not be willing to bear it. It is not either, it is both. It is incumbent upon those who hold freedom so vociferously dear to find a way to lower the cost, even and especially by compromising on previously ferociously defended dogmas. The Second Amendment dogmatists must find a way to lower the cost, must be willing to bend, or the doom and gloom scenarios of confiscation and tyranny will be self-fulfilling prophecies, which is possibly not too far from what these apocalypse humpers are after anyway, the incomprehensible certainty and finality of violence. Anyway, I will leave it at that and acknowledge that uh, what follows is a very silly couple of hours of me. Talking with Laurie and Abe, uh, jumping around a million different news stories from the week. uh, That at the very least, uh, perhaps if you're here for a little bit of distraction, will distract you from uh, any thoughts about uh, such horrible things that I've been discussing for the last few minutes here. I will, I will now go away and be back with you shortly. Thanks. And by the way, not to judge, except definitely to judge. (laughs) Uh, That is the lowest of the low. That is total scumbaggery. Cast Iron Brains, a podcast that gets right to the heart of the most pressing issues of our time and asks only the most insightful and relevant questions. For example, monkeypox, huh? <laughs> my name is Bob, sitting across the way from my good friend and co-host, that's Abe. How you doing tonight, Abe? Doing well, Bob. Yeah, here we are. Lori's here too. How are you doing, Lori?
1: I'm good. I was very curious if you were going to talk about monkeypox.
0: Yep, we did it. Yeah. Today is Monday, May twenty third, twenty twenty two. Once again, the day before a sibling of mine (laughs) has a birthday. So, as as the show is published, big happy birthday to uh, Catherine out there. Oh, look at that! Who will only listen to this if I? Uh, specifically, send her the link and say, "Listen to this."
1: Catherine's the best. Sure. Happy birthday, Catherine.
0: I think she's on the road a bunch now because she's like she works for the devil. She's trying to sell she
1: works for cigarettes or something. Which devil?
0: The tobacco. Tobacco company. Oh, the tobacco devil. She's like a sales rep. For my sweet sister, my most kind-hearted.
1: She is the like the nicest, nicest Wait, person
0: this side of my grandmother. Like, you know, it's cut from the same stock as some of the just sweetest people on the planet. And she runs around trying to more prominently place brightly colored cigarettes and their advertisements in front of the, the eyes of impressionable youths. I think she's like going to like high schools and just handing out free samples and shit. Man. It's very <laughs> is bad. That an,
2: is that accurate? Sounds <laughs> Pretty sure that's her job. <laughs>
0: I mean, and if my sister can be so corrupt, this is why I don't work. You see, because you you take the sweetest, most open-hearted person on the planet, and you make her earn some, make her earn a living, and then she's out there just like feeding cancer to young children. It's, it just ruins you. That's
2: why. I, I thought home. the youths were into the, the other the vaping stuff.
1: Yeah, because she hasn't been working for them very. Long.
2: Oh, I see. Oh, the she's, chart is going to turn in around. No turn around.
0: You see, the FDA wants to—I uh, think we actually talked about this last year, but they're yes. moving on—they're moving further on banning menthol or mentholated cigarettes.
2: Yeah, because I think the packaging is what we're criticizing the most because it was—wasn't it presented like, oh, the blacks are big on this. Let's uh, do something yeah, they frame about it. As,
0: a, as like a social justice thing because right. black people disproportionately smoke mentholated c- cigarettes that this will— therefore help, disproportionately help black people, and therefore it must be good. It seems, I'm sure that we said this before, like wildly paternalistic and stupid, and that there are many other ways to discourage people from smoking rather than singling out the particular sort of cigarette that one particular demographic group prefers, and then banning it.
2: Maybe you haven't read enough articles recently but the latest wave of the news they have not really played up the race angle they just said oh they're doing this thing on menthol
0: right anyway i want to start the show here after dragging my sister's good name through the mud (laughs) by issuing a couple of much needed corrections because abe above everything else that we do here on the show i'd like to I'd like to think that we're certainly perfectly willing to point out the times in which we were wrong in the past and, yes. and can own up to such mistakes. And by uh, people being wrong in the past, I mean, of course, you two. Certainly not, <laughs> certainly not me.
2: Yeah. Anyway, It's noteworthy when I get something right. So <laughs> <laughs> That's
0: right. We'll get, to, we'll get to the upcoming Georgia That's right. Senate stuff in just a second. <laughs> I'll remind you of something you said back in January. Sticking uh, by it, whatever that was. Yeah. Uh 2 weeks ago or 3 weeks sometime in the past. I think and this is a very minor correction that I hardly even needs to be made, but I noticed I bumped up against it when I was listening to it. I think I accidentally left the impression that the trigger laws that are in effect in Missouri would automatically ban IUDs. Okay. And I I did not mean to imply that the trigger laws currently on the books if if that was—which is not what I said, but if it, I can see how someone would have gotten the impression that the trigger laws would ban IUDs in Missouri as soon as this summer. That is not That is not what I meant. I just meant that it opens the door for those okay. sorts of laws and that if you take the slippery slope to some fairly rational conclusions here with what people are saying in other states about—and including Missouri—about what counts as conception and, like, I forget what there was one more state in the last
1: Oklahoma. Oklahoma, Oklahoma just,
2: yeah,
0: said that fertilization anything like once <laughs> fertilization of the egg happens, then that counts as a human life. That that is that's not not the implanta- implantation of the fertilized egg because eggs can be fertilized every month and they just don't get implanted in the uterus and they, they literally they just get flushed.
1: Well, the Lord works in mysterious ways, obviously.
0: Right. Uh, and not because of any interventions. It's just because sometimes that happens, right? Like, you need two things like a to happen. Lot.
1: Like, a lot. You like, need very frequently. To
0: fertilize the egg, and then it also has to become implanted. And then, are, like, then I can see, arguably, you say, now we're now we're cooking with gas. Right. Uh,
1: say that. But, <laughs> That's not what you can say. But to suggest
0: that, like... Conception is the fertilization of the egg. Opens up some really strange doors for the sorts of things that we can then go on to ban in terms of uh, stopping the ending of a potential human life.
2: Right. By the
3: way, anyway,
0: the the correction is just the current trigger laws on the books in Missouri will not automatically ban birth control, including the IUD. And I did not mean to give that impression. If that's the impression that I
2: gave, but the ruling would pave the way for that Uh, on the Oklahoma front. If I didn't know any better, I would think that they were trying to sway the Supreme Court against the decision they're going with by coming up with the most ridiculous versions of the laws. Because, like, other states did heartbeat six weeks or 15 weeks there, some reasoning behind their things, uh, however disagreeable they may be. But, like, Oklahoma's like, oh, fuck it. We'll just – because they first did the six weeks, and then they are like, no, now we're going to go all the way. And, like, you would think, like – The whole concept of the leak was like to kind of scare people into kind of like, hey, this is actually happening. And if they see that, you would think that they're almost like trying to egg the Supreme Court on to like say, oh, no, we're going to open Pandora's box and let's come up with a more narrow ruling. But obviously, that's not their motivation. Right.
0: What does that do for situations of in vitro fertilization, where they fertilize a bunch of eggs, and then they try to stick them in the lady, and they try to get them... Like, what then happens? Like, I recognize that people have these big sort of moral questions about these things, and it's a serious matter, but these sorts of laws are certainly not the correct way to address them. Moving on, another correction, and obviously a much more important one, is something Lori (laughs) said last week, which somehow... I didn't bump up against, I guess I was too, like, in my head trying to, maybe I was looking up Neil deGrasse Tyson's tweet, and I didn't quite catch this when she said it, but I was uh, re-listening to the show, as I like to do, just to make sure that I didn't, like, make any eh, egregious not why. editing errors. What do you mean?
1: You listen to it because you like to listen to your own voice and thoughts.
0: No, I, well, whatever, we don't, I, don't, I don't have to justify myself to you people. <laughs> I've got to listen to it, and somebody will. Um, anyway, Laurie said last week, when we were discussing the eclipse last week, Lori said... The
1: lunar eclipse.
0: The lunar eclipse. Lori said that any time that you are looking at the moon, you're experiencing a sort of lunar eclipse. Because you're, the phases of the moon are just the Earth's shadow being projected on the moon. That's not exactly what she said, but that was the implication that she was making was that the Earth's shadow is throughout the whole month, it causes a lunar eclipse. So, what's so special about a lunar eclipse? And this is like, this is obviously wrong. And I, I for all of the seventh graders out there in the audience, I don't want to misinform. <laughs> oh, no.
1: Do you hear how excited he is that I was wrong about something?
0: I'm it's not excited. So I just, I think pumped, it's important that we be I care. transparent.
1: Yeah, and, whatever. And own Tell up the to our mistakes.
0: <laughs> Especially when they're, you know, they're about matters of physical reality. Anyway, uh, the, the shadow that you see on a moon when it's going through the phases of the moon, is not the Earth's shadow, but it is instead just the moon's shadow itself, right? So that a lunar eclipse is special because you are witnessing the shadow of the Earth being cast upon the moon. which So what makes it makes it cool. Otherwise, the shadow that you're seeing as as the, as the moon goes through phases is because the sun is on the other side and it it's not illuminating all of the moon right the other that's side of what of the moon the sun is over there right so the shadow that you're seeing the reason that it looks like half the moon or more is in shadow is because that's because the moon is a ball and the sun is At a different point behind it, basically. Anyway, there are many YouTube videos, I'm sure, that will explain this better than I can in audio form. But the the, the point is, the phases of the moon, that's the moon's shadow, not the Earth's shadow. Okay. And also, eclipses are cool. Not a correction, just a restatement of obvious fact. (laughs) Uh, What else? Let's see here. That covers all of the corrections I wanted to make. Quickly on the Supreme Court because we were in Supreme Court. There's
1: an oxymoron, right there.
0: Decision time here as we get into very nearly June.
2: Although is there anything big other than the the thingy with the?
0: Did you see the one today G- that I did that I failed to send along to you? Of course, because I I'm guess a I did terrible producer.
2: What came down
0: today? There was a ruling in the case of uh, two different uh, death penalty claims.
2: <sighs> Oh, this is where they're like, fuck it, you don't deserve uh, – um, you can't argue ineffective counsel? Is that the right. one? Right, so this
0: is a headline from uh, scotusblog.com. I'll link it in the show notes. It's an analysis piece. Conservative majority hollows out precedent on ineffective counsel claims in federal court. And the bottom line is that in a six to three, all of the conservatives on one side and the three liberals on the other ruled – uh, with Thomas writing the 22-page opinion, defendants cannot develop evidence to support claims of ineffectual counsel or ineffective counsel. If those claims were not raised at the state level, then you cannot bring them up in your federal appeal. And the the money quote from the person defending Arizona, the person on Arizona's side, is that uh, innocence isn't enough. <laughs> <laughs> that, that he was suggesting that being innocent of the crime of which you were convicted uh, and being sentenced to death is not enough of a defense because you must have raised these issues beforehand, which is a really sort of dystopian
2: yeah i on on the one hand i I haven't read the 22 pages and I don't plan to uh, but i I do see the logic in like hey There was these opportunities to present the argument that you had ineffective counsel. So I see that, but underpinning a lot of these uh, cases from the conservative side is always like, oh, fuck you. Like, you had enough. Like, you know, anytime there's any sort of like, hey, maybe this person's innocent of the thing, they're like, oh, they exhausted the process, like this fixation with – It went through the system. Like, if someone is at any given point throughout the process, there's evidence to show that they didn't do the thing, that's very important. You can't just, like, say, ah, you should have said it then. Like, I I never understood that. I understand, like, in a normal court process, you have all of these avenues in state court, and then it goes up to the appellate court or whatever. But, like, exhaust those options, sure. And you shouldn't needlessly bother the other courts for it but if there's evidence showing someone is innocent of something i don't know if that's the case here but like that is of paramount importance i don't care about process then if someone's innocent fuck the process the guy's innocent or the woman's further
0: thomas has this fixation on making sure that victims of crimes can move forward and they he focuses on the notion of like finality Right. As if there's as as though there's some sort of like fundamental thing that underpins the foundations of society that requires that justice be final and that we can get to a final point and then the victims can move on with their lives and that's fine but like relative to I don't know executing innocent people right like, <laughs> if we're talking it, about the thing that undergirds uh, rational law based society I'm far more worried about. The execution by the state of innocent people right. than I am concerned about victims getting uh, justice in some sort of final way, as though that's even possible.
2: No. And also, also, if it turns out the th-
1: victim's super dead already,
2: right? And also, if if it turns out the person was innocent of the crime that they're convicted of, then there is no finality. Like, what do you mean? Like, right it didn't make any sense like people should be able to exhaust whatever options are there for them uh, in the courts and if somebody's innocent that's way more important than all these other considerations finality or whatever
0: there was a case i think it was in florida just this week of uh, a guy who spent over 30 years in jail uh, not on a death penalty charge but just a, a lifetime imprisonment charge for raping a 4-year-old girl and oddly that coincides with one of the guys at issue here at the Supreme Court was... I think he was in jail for killing a, a child as well. Although this is, the, that, this is the guy who a lot of people think are actually innocent of the crime, but who's going to be executed anyway. Anyway, in Florida, this guy was convicted of raping a four-year-old child, and it turns out it was some other guy who was also living in the house at the yeah. time. Which is like just a fucking nightmare for everyone, including the child who has spent her, basically her entire life dealing with this in one way or another, whether it's as the victim of this crime or as recently as this these past few years where she's been trying to help get this guy out of jail because somebody else is at fault. All right. Just an ongoing nightmare for everyone involved. But that one at least gets a happy ending, or relatively happy ending. Anyway, that guy is out of jail. It doesn't look like these guys in Arizona are going to see any relief. Certainly not from the Supreme Court. Their final stop along the way now will be getting clemency from the governor of Arizona, and I think that we've made our position clear on the death penalty in the past is that I I do not understand – I mean, this almost goes back to my stupid opening monologue last week about certainty – there's just no degree of certainty that I'm comfortable with that says we should be making these sorts of final decisions for the lives of people. Like, we just can't know. And because there's so much that we can't know, it's better to let 100 guilty men go free than yes. put to death one innocent man, and that holds for me.
2: What's more, even more concerning is the lack of concern by the process in which we convict people. Like, the bar on paper is so high that you have to— Clear it in order for somebody to be convicted because they're walking in with a presumption of innocence. And with, I don't know, the four year old situation, but there's been cases where just on hearsay or just some shoddy testimony from like an eyewitness, like there's no hard evidence, there's no DNA, there's no video footage, there's nothing. It's just some person said that guy did the thing, and that's all it took for somebody to be in jail for like 40 years, right? And then now that person has to like actually prove their innocence, which It's hard to do because, like, they didn't do it, but you can't figure out who else did it, and now you're fucked. And and these cases make it worse for those people. And if you don't care that much about whether someone's guilty or not, you probably shouldn't be killing people using that same process. Right.
0: All right, so out of Texas, this goes back to the abortion stuff, and this is not a law yet, but this is from an article out of the Texas Tribune. 14 Republican members of the State House of Representatives have pledged to introduce bills in the coming legislative session that would bar corporations from doing business in Texas if they pay for abortions in states where the procedure is legal. This is a result of a number of different corporations, including, uh, I think, Lyft is a prominent one, the Uber competitor, saying that they would assist their employees and give them, like, extra leave or what have you to allow them to travel to a state where abortion is still legal. And it's not clear how much support this has in the Texas House. It's not clear how this would work exactly. It
2: wouldn't. I mean, it's just a virtue thing, right? Like, look what we're going to do. You're going to hold these big companies accountable for...
0: The problem with the, with writing this off as a mere virtue signal type of thing is that there are now, as as we get further and further along in the stupidity of the culture wars... I mean, you can look no look no further than what's going on in state legislatures in terms of that New York Times report this past week that showed what how many state level legislatures believe the quote unquote big lie they believe that the the election was stolen from trump right and in some states, like important swing states, it's in excess of like eighty percent of Republicans yeah. believe Basically
2: that it, it's a required thing unless you're already they say established they believe that.
0: Right. They, well, regardless, they say that they believe that the election was stolen from Trump. And a number of them, like the guy who's running for, who just got last week, he got the governor, the Republican nomination for governor in Pennsylvania. What's his name? Mastriano Mastri-a. or some Some Italian. Mastriano, yeah, some yeah. Italian sounding name. Yeah, He's basically said that regardless of the outcome of the next presidential election, he would, with the state legislature, appoint Republican. <laughs> Like if he, if he believed that there was malfeasance in any way in the, the way that the vote happened in Pennsylvania next time around, that he would appoint state electors that would do what he wanted them to do. Right. In other words, would choose the Republican regardless of what the popular vote was in Pennsylvania.
2: And, and by the way, that's how he will determine whether or not there was malfeasance. Did my side win or not? If they did not win, clearly something is amiss. And I did not know this because I don't live in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. But – Apparently, they have a goofy system to where the governor appoints the secretary of state, which is a elected position in most places, but not Pennsylvania and I guess two other states have this weird rule where here? the secretary of uh, state is chosen and not elected, which is very odd. And that person is going to decide – I mean they're the head polling per, or election person. And so in the hypothetical, if he were to win this, this November, I don't think he's actually – projected to win i mean anything can happen but i don't think he's a shoe in to win or anything well because right? it
0: was the other guy it was uh shapiro
2: or what's the yeah. name?
0: is it fetterman or shapiro which one is the, Fetter- the
2: fetterman is uh senate right fetterman and...
0: for senate okay fetterman for senate and the other fellow
2: supposing he's still alive but i mean didn't he have a uh, health care the other day yeah but yeah so th- that's the concern basically if mastriano or whatever however you say his name is wins then the secretary of state is going to be somebody picked for this specific purpose, and Pennsylvania will likely be a battleground state. And if a dem wins, the presidency, oh, malfeasance, never mind. Right.
0: And the chances that Pennsylvania themselves decide the election is unlikely, though not impossible. The problem being that if that happens in Pennsylvania and it then also happens in, let's say, a worst-case scenario where somehow Purdue ends up winning the— governor's seat this year and jody heiss ends up as the secretary of state then now georgia is going to do it too in arizona they were trying to pressure like jenny thomas was writing letters to arizona legislators saying you can just do whatever you want and i mean effectively when you put jenny thomas's name on the bottom of that piece of paper you're saying justice thomas will deliver for you no matter what happens Right. right when this goes before the supreme court if you get three or five you only need you know in any given election 3 or 5 of these states to be tilted in the in the wrong direction
2: and it's and it's very important to have one state do, so like if i think w- one of the tactics was to try to get georgia or arizona or some state where they had an in like, they, you know, Pennsylvania had a Democratic governor, Michigan, uh, the same Wisconsin, I think, was also the same. But like Georgia and Arizona had Republican governors and
0: right, just get one and then there's pressure on and, and, and then the, the pressure guy, will and grow. then the dominoes start to right. fall. And then who right. knows what the hell happens? It sounds like crazy conspiracy theory stuff, except that this is the stuff that's being said by the very people who are now being nominated for these positions. Right. Right. And then you See, have yeah, to that's like think. Yeah. You're like, we oh, we desperately need Brian Kemp to be the sane governor of Georgia going forward, or else Purdue is just going to make Donald Trump the president next time, and that sounds crazy until you like just look at the things that David Purdue has said right and it's not a conspiracy theory, it's just the things that they're said and like I still think that you know the correct response is just to vote, hopefully, uh, but the the problem is that these people just get crazier and crazier as long as we're talking about georgia right now we can talk about the fact that we're in the middle of primary season here and last week we have a still undetermined result for the pennsylvania senate race so we don't know if it's going to be uh, dr oz or the other fella who's slightly less crazy yeah mccormick
2: it seems like that it was such a close thing but i think dr oz is still in the lead dr oz is
0: still in the lead by like 800 votes or something it's it's Well less than the margin of error required for a recount, but they're also not done counting absentee ballots yet. Anyway, and every new update, it's like a perfect storm for the Trump types because Oz was out in front by a few thousand votes, I think, on election night. And then every update since then where they have a new batch of absentee ballots to reveal, it gets closer and closer. And, of course, Trump and Oz. Oz has actually not been... As awful about this.
1: Say, what's his deal? Aside from like he's a famous Oprah guy, but like, what's his deal?
0: He's just going wherever the wind blows him. He's happy to be a Trump guy because that is was his likeliest path to power. I don't think that he has a particular politics, and in fact, he's a dual citizen of I think Turkey and the United States, and has said that he wouldn't serve on. He wouldn't get intelligence briefings because he's a fucking oh, national – se- yeah, he's, he wouldn't he, – because he's not going to renounce his citizenship of Turkey, and so he can't actually hear intelligence briefings if he's a dual citizen. So but, he would not be able to serve on any of the important – yeah, in any of the important committees in Congress anyway.
2: But the, is that limited to just whenever Turkey comes up or just any national security thing? Because if you have clearance, you have clearance, right? Yeah, I don't think there's, that he can have no clearance, as a, clearance as a – I think there he's are and I think
1: clearance. he can have some clearance,
2: but right? But
0: not, there are no levels of compared to a senator. Like what are we and talking also, about?
2: Is this a self-imposed kind of thing just to kind of put out that fire? Like because there was some yeah. Because oh, I
0: think he said he's not going to renounce his citizenship, and so in order to get around that, he said I just won't serve on the Senate Intelligence Committee and and the other things that. You know, where he could have actual power.
2: No one's run an attack ad on that? Like, what the hell is McCormick doing? Why wouldn't he give up his uh, citizenship? Hmm, one makes you wonder, blah, blah, blah. You can have these attack ads. Like, come on, who's yeah. running that campaign?
0: The other big national news out of last week's, and it was like a split result basically everywhere you went, was the Trumpiest people had some successes and they had some failures. Madison Cawthorn won't be in Congress in the next Congress. He lost his primary bid.
2: Boy, did he concede early too. Like, like, oh, fuck it, I'm out. Like, he, yeah. he, he went down by, like, 1,500 votes, and he's like, all right.
0: There are, I think, five challengers to the crazy lady up the road from you up there in Rome. Uh, Marjorie oh. Taylor Green oh, that's has right. has a handful of challengers, and there's I, – I tried to find any reliable information about whether or not she could conceivably lose, and the answer is uh, it's no for a number of reasons, and – The biggest reason being that she is a massive moneymaker for both Republicans and Democrats. Right. And so as as much of a headache as she is for Republican leadership, she also brings in just absolute gobs and gobs of money because of the attention that she draws. And it's not just gobs of money for Republicans. She brings in gobs of money for Democrats as well. There's something – there's some like – it's some absurd number uh, relative to her – relevance in any sort of serious way but like millions upon millions of dollars will have been donated and then spent on trying to unseat her before this is all said and done and for what it's not clear because she has basically no impact within the party beyond the sort of impact that anybody with a big platform would have on on instagram or twitter or what have you right let's see also in georgia you said back in january when we were discussing Herschel Walker,
2: oh yeah, no possibly Walker, becoming
0: yeah. the Republican nominee in January, you you laughed off even the possibility of Herschel getting the nomination, and now it's all but certain. <laughs> oh yeah, that, he's, uh, did that I Herschel's say that? going to get it's the been nomination
1: wrong one time. It seems
2: <laughs> I blame that moon business from the last time.
0: Yeah, Herschel's going to go up against. Warnock, I I assume you'll make a similar absolute mortal lock of the century that Warnock is going to run away with this thing.
2: Well, I mean, it's a very tight uh, state, um, but Warnock will win. I I have no doubt about that.
0: And then we've got arguably the biggest defeat that Trump is going to suffer in this election cycle, the primary cycle anyway, is going to be that his personal choice to dethrone Brian Kemp. Who he sees as like one of history's great traitors, arguably. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure in his mind, Brian Kemp is worse than Benedict Arnold, or at least on the same level. Donald
1: uh, Trump does not know who Benedict Arnold is.
0: I think I, he probably doesn't know all of the details. Yeah, Served the I,
2: food at uh, his uh, place, you know.
0: <laughs> I think he probably knows that, like you associate traitorous things yeah. with the, these words, sure. this Benedict Arnold. Anyway. Trump despises Brian Kemp and Brad Raffensperger, the governor and secretary of state of Georgia, and he has endorsed David Perdue, who is the former senator who lost to John Ossoff.
2: The runoff. election
0: back at yeah. the, the special runoff in 2020. Uh, he's also endorsed Jody Heiss, who actually used to be the congressman for our district up in Athens. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. Uh, and also a, he's a radio personality, former I believe former. I don't know if he still has a radio show or not in Georgia, and it looks like Kemp is going to trounce
2: yes
3: Purdue
0: by polls. A, according to polls, the yeah. Fox News poll this week had him out out in front by like thirty points, which both Purdue and Trump dismissed as fake news and fake fake nonsense. I suspect that that will be. I think it's going to be even wider than whatever the polls show because when you get out to that point. Where it looks yeah, that bad yeah. for your candidate, then all of a sudden, like what? I'm going to go and vote now on a random Tuesday in May? Like, no, I'm not going to bother.
2: Right, and and it won't be. I mean, I'm sure Purdue will try to make some hay out of it, but it won't be even close enough for him to even try to come up with a possible, you know, fraud claim or whatever. Right? Well, <laughs> that
0: didn't stop him. That didn't stop him today in his final press conference before tomorrow's primary from saying that. Uh, I'm not going to accept the results of this if it looks like there was any malfeasance that went on.
2: Right. But, you know, other than Trump being vindictive because Kemp wouldn't play ball, like there there isn't a lot of logic behind challenging Kemp because, first of all, he beat the person who he's going up against this year. Right. So he beat Stacey Abrams. I mean, some people had. Some questions about that uh, election. Of course, there's right. no
0: logic to it. This isn't about like the republic, the the health of the Republican Party, or like ideological control of the state. This is about a personal vengeance thing for right. Donald Trump and his supporters.
2: But I mean, I guess t- Trump doesn't put too much thought into his decisions. But like you would, you would think that he would avoid this sort of uh, coming out ahead and and voting for someone who's likely going to be trounced because what's the headline and what's the story going to be tuesday night into wednesday trump's chosen person got clobber right like is his power waning like you know that line of argument basically it's like to the extent that he ever gets it right it's because they were going to vote for the, that candidate anyways and so how you know he, he can't make people change what they were going to do anyways right so how the problem strong?
0: the problem with that and i know it's i mean the problem with it is that Kemp is himself already 95% Trumpy except except for this one thing this is a guy who ran ads with himself holding a shotgun like riding around in a pickup truck saying he was going to uh, round up the illegals in Georgia and help them self-deport or something along those lines and he
2: also had a gun pointed at a potential suitor of one of his daughters and the kid is like talking up his platform like oh you're so great this." but what's interesting is It's totally different now. Like he's now like a normal politician on his ads. Like, oh, we opened up first business. This we did the right things here. Like he didn't play up the Trump, uh, like the crazy part. I guess because he's he's an incumbent, right? So he's not challenging anybody. So the
0: question, the question then becomes: Can he beat Stacey Abrams? Because he's going to beat Purdue tomorrow. The question becomes: Can he beat Stacey Abrams as a reformed? trumpy weirdo who's now trying to look like glenn youngkin right because he can't he's he's going to have lost a significant portion of the trump people presumably
2: like i don't I mean, know what i don't know even if, it's, if the, the tomorrow's outcome is like a 30 point spread people
1: hate stacy abrams right
0: sure well she doesn't do herself any favors when she gets in front of a microphone and is recorded saying that george is the worst state in the country to
2: live in you fucking idiot by the way stacy go to louisiana i bet you it's a right. lot worse i've been to Louisiana.
0: It's i don't want to get into the details of that except to say you cannot when you're running for governor go full like what was Obama's pastor? Uh, the the Reverend oh, Wright.
2: And I, God bless America. God damn America. You are, are, are right.
0: Here. You can't go full goddamn America. In that was a like, great speech. I mean, per, wrong,
2: but like so much passion.
0: Particularly in not to get too stereotypical here, but like there's a lot of stupid pride in your state, especially right. in the South. Right? right. Like even for people who especially
1: this year, go dogs.
0: Sure, but like don't. Don't dump on the state That, that should
2: I... be rule number one of a politician Never talk down the place that you want to run Like you can talk about like Oh this person has ruined blah 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 But you can never no, say That's, right. that's the, what our that's mayor thing, did thing that, It's
1: what they're doing
2: The thing that these people don't uh, Forgive me for saying Whoops. these people you
1: can uh,
0: edit that out <laughs> the, the thing that these people No because now I have to say it to prove that I didn't Not mean there. it in the racist <laughs> way so, <laughs> the, the thing that these people don't understand is that you can do that on the national level. You can you can you can say things like we've got to have a conversation about the kind of people that we are when you're talking about the collective we right. and it's like it's not clear that you're talking about your fucking family, right. right? So so like you can talk shit about how shitty everything is in a general sort of way and say that we can't begin the healing process until we look ourselves in the mirror, that sort of thing. But the closer that you get to home with that, it becomes a muscle, much less like open and persuasive message, I think. Right. And, it's, uh, and like Laurie was saying about here, the former mayor of this town— constantly talked about what a shitty place charlottesville was and that worked really well in the wake of the white supremacist rally right. uh where there were uh, there was an actual nazi rally in our fucking town and people were like yeah i guess we do kind of fucking suck but like <laughs> it doesn't work a few years later right and it certainly doesn't work if you've Out been of
1: nowhere a few right. years and also, later right, it, it doesn't work
0: if you've anyway. been a prominent politician in that state for your entire fucking life. Right. She came out of college and immediately went into state politics and like it's it's one thing like i well whatever. She drives me nuts on a number of different fronts, not least of which is her failure basically to ever concede that she lost in 2018, which I, I think it's it's overstated how much that impacts today's politics in terms of like giving like somehow creating a permission structure for Donald Trump to deny the results of the twenty twenty election. I think that's fucking stupid, but at the same time she lost and was it entirely fair? Is it dumb that the Secretary of state uh can do that job at the same time that he's right. running to be governor? like no that doesn't look cool Not. that doesn't look good, but also You lost, and it is incumbent upon you to recognize that you lost and admit that you lost and move on with your life.
2: Right, But I I will say that under no circumstances should you talk down wherever you are, even in the good scenario that you present, Bob, always find a problem. Basically, the whole thing of politics is just finding any sort of discontentment that exists when you're out of office and then assigning blame to some convenient person who's your political adversary. Like this problem is because of that thing. And so basically people make the connection, bad things, that thing. If I get rid of that thing, the bad things will stop. Like make that simple connection and then build on that.
0: It's the sort of statement that plays really well in certain – before certain audiences, right? Like the the MSNBC crowd is going to lap up the how awful we are sort of thing, right?
2: But I mean the same people who would lap that up. Under a different setting, I mean, Trump. He said this about many places, but including my district here in Georgia was a shithole, right? Because right. of what was it, uh, Congressman Lewis, or I don't remember what the circumstance was. But and then people would talk up, no, this is play. This place is great, and blah blah blah. So it's like it all depends on who's saying it. So If somebody else that you don't like says it, like fuck you, man, this place is great. But then you can say it to your people. Or on your side? I don't know. Just don't talk down places. Just It's a simple right. thing. Don't and do it.
0: To, to be fair to her, but she immediately goes on to contextualize what she's talking about, and she talks about it in terms of like uh, maternal mortality rates right. and infant mortality rates, and that will lead us directly into uh, – which, by the way, well, I, I say I'm contextualizing it. I'm still rejecting the idea that this is a smart or good way to discuss your – Uh, State immediately before you're about to try to become the governor of that state. But to be fair to her, she had something specific in mind when she said that it sucks to live in Georgia and she's tired of hearing about how great it is. Uh (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, speaking of maternal mortality rates, I will play this clip now. This is John Cassidy, a Louisiana senator. Uh, First, (laughs) I'd like to... In, in Cassidy's defense, I'd like to point out he's the good Louisiana senator. Yeah,
2: that... <laughs>
0: <laughs> Which, it's not saying a lot with the other guy. But Cassidy has come off as kind of okay. He's not been a complete fucking lunatic when it comes to the Trump stuff, for example.
2: Wasn't he, was he a yes vote on one of the impeachments? Was that him, or was I that I think somebody's? he was, yeah. Okay. I think he was.
0: Here is Senator John Cassidy in conversation with somebody from Politico about various public health things.
3: Last question on this topic before I move to the pandemic, but because you raised uh, maternal care and the importance of uh, you know caring for a mother throughout pregnancy and, and childbirth, I know that Louisiana ranks very low, um, on, or I should say very high on maternal deaths um, amongst the states. So what do you think needs to be done there to improve that, especially if... Uh, forms of abortion or birth control could be limited in the future. Um, I'm not sure people are talking about um, limiting forms of birth control. Um, Mm -hmm. And and shall we say, if you're using abortion to limit maternal death, that's kind of an odd
0: way to approach the problem. Um, But anyway, that said, Louisiana, about a third of our population is African-American. African-Americans have a higher incidence of maternal mortality, Uh, so if you correct our population for race,
3: um, we're not as much of an outlier as it otherwise appear. Now, I say that not to minimize the issue, but to focus the issue as to where it would be. Um, For whatever reason, people of color have a higher incidence of maternal mortality. Now, to be sure, there's different definitions of maternal mortality. Sometimes maternal mortality includes up to a year after birth and would include someone being killed by her boyfriend.
0: So
2: right, I, I'll, so I'll stop it there. Be... <laughs> wow.
0: First...
1: <laughs> and he didn't flinch. He just kept going. Yeah,
2: he just kept on digging further.
1: Oh, he didn't know.
2: He Who didn't in know. the world gave him that
0: as a talking point oh is what I want like. And what room are you in? Where the talking point is presented, and you're like, "Yeah, that'll play." Like, there's holy no shit! Man. There's no
2: way that's talking point. That's just off the cuff, just stupid thinking. Because no, like, that was
1: someone gave him the talking point with it seems like without a, like a a little tiny bed of context. Yeah, and maybe, so he made it up in his head, real
2: bad. Right. It seems like he was trying to get at like. The problem is targeted to the specific community, and it's bringing our num- making our numbers look a certain way, yeah. but like him saying, like if you correct four it's like yeah, oh right. to kick all these blacks out of the there. the stats, we look good right. and then he's like puzzled as to like race, why that could be ouch. I don't know what's going on with the blacks, but uh, they're they're ouch. women, yeah, it's like it
0: reminds me actually of something I heard today on nPR which to be clear, the reason why. I mean there are any number of reasons. Uh, the classic one that you often hear about uh black maternity rate uh black mortality rates being high during maternity is because uh doctors don't believe black women, something along those lines. They they don't trust them when they say that they're in pain. They whatever. There are all, a number of different sociological and, and Empathy sort of, gap. Yeah, empathy gap type uh explanations for this. Uh most of which in all likelihood, in my opinion, probably are nonsense, and instead we can mostly explain that in terms of uh, poverty and underlying health conditions,
2: right.
0: and that that probably explains most of the gap. I'm not saying that it's entirely nonsensical, but- and I'm not trying to dismiss the— underlying problem of of various biases that go into these sorts of things but if i had to guess what uh, the true thing underlying here is it's poverty and and
2: no and that's likely the case but what's interesting in the senator's mind is that instead of like addressing the problems they just take it off the stats so like we can look better like he has Yeah, right. he's no saying we are only fixing. as
1: bad as everywhere else yeah. considering our right. population. Imagine
0: imagine I mean it's it's bad as it is, but like you can imagine a number of different ways in which the same exact <laughs> logic would just obviously be even to him presumably would not be okay. Like <laughs> <laughs> Senator, your state ranks forty-ninth in uh various educational attainment standards. Can how can you explain yeah. that? It's like well you see we've got a lot of blacks. Yeah. And if you take <laughs> if you just normalize our rate of blacks for the That's rest right. of the country, actually it turns like no, right. sir, don't yeah.
2: say that. Whatever it is that the thought is there, don't don't say it. It's so cartoonishly stupid, it's almost like in a sports context, like talking about some like terrible contract the team signed and it's just not coming off the books like, oh, we couldn't do a lot of uh, free agent signings because of this terrible deal we had five years ago. And now we're going to be fine. And it's like, no, this is not sports. These are actual people. And uh, look into solving the problem.
0: It reminds me of a report that I heard just this morning on NPR.
1: It wasn't even about black people.
0: Which left me like howling at my radio. It's true. Three I different couldn't times. hear the
1: lady's story because he was laughing so loudly and obnoxiously.
0: And I forget even what it was about at it this point. It was about
1: Oh my god. Okay. So it was about an auto plant or something in somewhere in the Midwest. That's right.
0: There's some there's some uh, garage door the manufacturer.
1: Yes, garage door
0: manufacturer. In fucking Iowa or something. I don't it know. It was
1: like Indiana or Ohio or yeah. somewhere stupid,
0: rust belty sort of place. Right? Garage door manufacturer. They have some hundreds of employees, which is impressive. And it's a an employee owned situation. The corporation, all of the employees who work there, from the managers all the way on down to the janitors, apparently have equity in the company. They have they have a, an ownership share, and so when the company does well. Uh, they are rewarded. And this is presented as like a good feel good story for these people because they, they all It they was got,
1: also about wellness.
0: Right. They got it was it was about couched in terms initiatives. of wellness and wellness initiatives at different corporations. And these employees they had added like a cafeteria to their situation because there wasn't any good there weren't any good lunch options. They just had like shitty vending machines otherwise so they had a cafeteria added. They're thinking about building a gym on site and that sort of thing.
1: Illinois. I found the story. It's Illinois.
0: I'll put a link in the show notes to the story. You can listen yourself and see if it uh, amuses you as much as it amused me. But the bottom line here is that they were seeking to explain, like, why people would have better outcomes, and the... Obvious answer because if you just listen to NPR, they gave
1: them a massive payday. Right, they gave
0: them like (laughs) even the the lowest level hourly employees at this garage door manufacturer are gonna get like a a payday of one hundred and seventy five thousand dollars. And some of the people there who've been there longer and have maybe more important jobs than just sweeping the floor. Not not that any job is more important than any other, but you know what I mean, right? There are people going to get quarter million dollars or half a million dollars or million dollar bonuses. Like all throughout this company, people are getting hundreds of thousands of dollars in bonuses uh, all the way up and down the the payroll structure. And NPR couldn't figure out how or why a gigantic sum of money might contribute to (laughs) the overall wellness of the people who are receiving that gigantic sum of money.
1: Yeah, so they have actual buy-in, how well the company's doing. What does this have to do with wellness?
0: <laughs> it's the there's a kicker at the very end too. Layla Fottle. This is the woman who says wow. Wow. And oh man to nuclear war, by the way. Hey. She <laughs> oh, also man. says she says I'm pretty sure she says yeah, she does. She said wow in this report too. I'm going to there's gonna be a new segment on this show. Uh, in which we we try to guess what did Layla Foddle say wow to this week. Oh, man. (laughs) But anyway, this is towards the end. Layla Foddle. Now, we began by talking about the payday all employees are getting. Could that have health benefits also? The reporter says, you know, possibly yes. I mean, for many of these folks, it's the shared decision-making that has improved their day-to-day lives. And in terms of their big payday... This guy says. You know, the way he sees it, sharing the wealth among all employees is setting many people up for financial security, which can help relieve stress. Wait a second. So you're telling me that a fucking quarter million dollar bonus check is... It might have some impact on their stress and decision-making abilities on a day-to-day. Like, are you fucking kidding me, NPR? I listen to you every fucking day for years, and 50 to 100 times a year, I hear that poor people are poor and can't make good decisions and have bad health outcomes because they don't have enough money. And now it's like some great mystery to you, this idea that money can actually solve a person's problems potentially?
1: happiness, turns out.
0: It's like, as I said to Lori this morning, it's like they don't even listen to the news that they make every day that I have to fucking listen to. (laughs) Like, why do I have to be putting the two and two together? You should, like, are you literally, like, what do you do? I know it's just a job to you, but fucking listen every once in a while to the things that come out of your mouth.
2: And I'm sure they would know this, but, like, where happiness goes up significantly up to a certain point and then it levels off. But, like, if you're in poverty level territory and you go double that, boy, life is a lot better then what what if
0: you're a janitor making $17 an hour yeah. and you get a check for $250,000 it's going to be fucking great for you wellness like whether there's a fucking treadmill at the office or not what right. are you talking about right uh let's see where can we go from here i've had a couple of good segues there for a minute and now i'm, I'm all out of segues this grubhub story is silly i don't know if you had anything in particular I, to say I, about it grubhub Grubhub Grub tried bark. to give away a free lunch to everybody in New York,
2: and it and fell they apart. Thought
0: that would that would be a good. That's the uh, worst idea promotion. I've ever heard. They're giving everybody uh, fifteen dollars to spend wherever they wanted to spend it between eleven a.m. and two p.m.
1: Oh, it's the worst idea. And
0: in completely unsurprising uh, result of that was the crashing of the app and the website, and also.
1: And also, everybody quit.
0: Restaurants we're seeing forty orders come in every ten minutes, right. and it it just made it impossible to actually do your job for three hours
2: there. See, anytime they have a, you know, I have friends who are into this sort of stuff. Like whenever something's like free or like discounted, mm-hmm. and I generally don't like those events because they're it gets so busy. It, the experience kind of sucks. It's like I would rather just I can yeah. pay five dollars for a burrito. I don't need your fucking. Free yes, things.
1: We were talking about this last time about going to New York. Like, nowhere's good enough to stand in line.
2: Right, yeah. But people will stand in line. What I found interesting about Grubhub, because there was a related story, apparently they try to start strong arm companies by like just putting their information on their website as if they have an agreement to take orders through them, right? To, right. to where somebody can show up and just say, hey, this is a DoorDash or a Grubhub or whatever. And the restaurant has no such arrangement and it's negatively impacting those restaurants because people are like oh it took forever and and they're like no no we yeah. never have th- this like you can come pick it up or go through our website but it's not done through grubhub right.
0: and and so a restaurateur says i don't want to be associated with grubhub because i don't want to have to deal with first of all a bunch like i have my customers yeah. and i want to have that direct relationship with my customers right And so they say, we're not going to deal with you on top of that. I don't want to pay your – I don't want to give you a cut of my goddamn income where I would then have to charge some exorbitant fee that that prices me out of those customers that I want. Anyway, also it's not clear to me, and I haven't seen any of the underlying data recently, that any of these outfits are sustainably profitable. And if they are sustainably profitable, do they not have – complete negative impact on the community in which they're operating in terms of uh, harming the local businesses.
1: Have we talked about ghost restaurants on this podcast
2: yet? What is that?
1: So I have a client who drives for one of the Grubhub type things, and he'll get an order from like Wing Shack. Yeah. And it'll show the address of where to pick it up, where the food is, where Wing Shack is. Right. And it's Red Robin. What? So Red Robin.
0: Red Robin says, uh, we got a very bad reputation out there in the world. (laughs) Nobody wants to order Red Robin. But if we have this other uh, brand identity that we can pretend is a thing.
1: And they'll also have a separate, like a restaurant will have like two or three different. No kidding. Pretend ghost restaurants that people (laughs) look at the menu and order from. It's fucking genius.
2: I'll never eat at Red Robin, but this other place we, is amazing.
0: <laughs> we sort of touched on this last week with our, our discussion about very brief discussion about pizza. One of the things that sucks about the pizza job is not sitting in your car and driving around and delivering people pizza all night. It's that there are other responsibilities that go with that job. Right. Including uh answering phones. Although I saw some number recently.
1: Yeah, we're not doing that
3: anymore.
0: Domino's is down to like I think some franchisee, that some quote that I said, said 7% of the orders come in on phones. Really? Which means that 90 plus percent of all the orders come in over the internet. I just read that Apple is
1: outsourcing the phone calls to a call center.
0: Right. And Domino's, uh, in order to alleviate some of their problems and to get people out, the employees that they do have, to free them up from having to answer phones, that small number of like 7%, they're just going to have call centers now where all of the calls go in, and then 100% of the orders end up going in as, quote-unquote, online orders because nobody ever communicates with the customer from inside the store.
2: But I guess that that makes sense now because there are apps now, right? So you're just plugging all the stuff that you want.
1: Why would I, with my awful voice and awkward, terrible personality, ever want to subject someone to... Me deciding yeah, what Lori's I want.
0: terrible at ordering food. I'm
1: so awful.
0: It's the only... So when people say you end up marrying your, your parents, right, that you, you find in your future partner your mother or your father, like, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah. People, this Freudian nonsense. Yeah. It's entirely bullshit, except in this one way, <laughs> which is that my mother... Whenever I go someplace with my mother and she has to interact with a server or like a a fast food speaker, I'm mortified because she can't fucking do it. And I don't want any part of that conversation. I would rather that like anything else be happening. And I'm like, Mom, shut up. Just let me do it. Let me do the ordering. This is I've been this way since I was like 10. I can remember just the absolute abject mortification of her trying to order at a Taco Bell when I'm like nine years old. Is this
2: is this because she wants a lot of customization? Can't you just say, "Let me get the number be two. It
0: It might be no. customization. It doesn't matter. Okay, it doesn't it's, matter. It's it's the it feigned. Matter. It's like this weird. <laughs> we don't have to get in. I, I feel like I've actually talked about this before on the show, but it's this like feigned. I don't really. I wouldn't even do this. I don't know how to yeah. do this. This is a Burger King. Do. I'm not the sort of person who orders at a Burger King. Yeah, like but I,
1: that's not what I do.
0: So no, it's I not try what, to
1: sound nice. It's not what you do. This it is comes why comes out just bad. The Freudian
0: <laughs> thing doesn't really hold. But if if there's a way in which I've married my mother, it's that I similarly cannot bear to listen to Lori <laughs> order food. places. And yet
1: you still make me fucking do it yeah, sometimes.
0: sometimes. <laughs> Don't do that. Sometimes it that you need to
3: be a grown up and let me goddamn do it, order it on the, the internet.
0: <laughs> anyway. I forget what we were talking about.
1: Uh, ordering food on the internet. Yeah. But not, Domino's outsourcing it's an online right. order. The
0: the appeal of the of the Grubhub sort of job from a delivery driver perspective is that you do the work without having to do any of the terrible parts which are like having to That's clean true. a fucking restaurant at the end of the night for 2 hours, right? right? Because a pizza place gets disgusting and the delivery driver's job is to help shut down the restaurant and right. clean the whole fucking place.
2: Right. And it's not your concern and also I think I mean they're not getting paid a lot, but, like, they can stop at any time, right? So they don't have to, like, oh, there's a bar rush, and you'll be here until, like, 4 a.m. Yeah,
1: they can sort of turn off. Right.
2: Yeah, they just turn it off, and they just but stop working. they don't working. do that
1: when it starts getting busy. Yeah, They, they, they that usually would be, work more then. Yeah.
2: Yeah. But I, I imagine, going back to the point you were saying as far as they can't possibly be making any money off it, I suspect they're doing the thing where they're trying to get rid of the competition, and they can be the big shit, and they can then throw their weight around by asking for concessions from these restaurants and that's why i encourage any of these uh restaurants and places to if you can't avoid being beholden to a grubhub type uh do that it's almost kind of like the russia and their oil like you don't want to be dependent on that kind of person right like and i
0: don't i i I think i've ordered doordash or grubhub or one of them like once Maybe. or twice No,
1: we don't usually, we usually i did order directly from the restaurant
0: uh, yeah i will do it I think I did it when I was in Baltimore once because it was the only way to get the food that we wanted. The restaurant that was open didn't have their own ordering system, and they directed us to go to Grubhub or what have you. But, like, any time that I can order direct from the restaurant themselves, well, we, and even we choose doing to do that, that. You're
1: using, like, these Chow Now or whatever things. Right. But I guess that's just the software they use because yeah. Yeah, there's they, no, like, charges.
2: Maybe that's what they'll do, like, with the, the wing thing or the Red Robin, just... Change different names and it's the same Grubhub. I think the only time I've ever ordered and I forget which one it was, it was when yeah. I was quarantining from that virus uh, like right. eight, two years ago. And by the way,
0: not to judge, except definitely to judge.
2: Let's <laughs> oh, the judge. Uh, <laughs> if you
0: order fast food, like if you're ordering McDonald's or Wendy's from one of these fucking oh, places.
1: People at my job do it every day.
0: I, I'm sure they do. That is the lowest of the low. What would like, you that accept is just, as... Uh, that is total scumbaggery. But,
1: it's acceptable to me when it's for a large group of people. Right.
2: Isn't it just a dollar amount, it doesn't matter what you order if you
3: order No,
0: send somebody to go pick up the fucking thing. Some you...
1: of us have to work.
0: Okay. There's somebody at the front desk who can go pick up the goddamn. They
1: thing. are v- understaffed.
0: <laughs> but just because a service exists doesn't mean that it is good to exploit the no. service.
1: No, of course not, but like literally none of us can leave the building. Anyway, say that like i'm the one doing it i'm not i'm jealous sometimes i get leftovers
0: there's a good piece in the uh, times today uh well it's a newsletter uh jay caspian kang is a writer he has a newsletter at the times and if i can find it here so this is him doing a uh andy rooney type bit here in his uh, oh. everything sucks because i'm getting old sort he of way andy richter yeah laurie Lori was trying to identify the cranky old man at the end of sixty minutes last week, and she said, uh, "You know, like Andy Richter at the end I didn't of sixty even minutes." Know I was
1: wrong. I was just i I knew who I meant.
0: Andy Richter being Conan O'Brien's couch friend uh, for the last twenty five years. <laughs> anyway, uh, Jay Caspian Kang wrote a piece in his newsletter today, and the headline is "Touchscreens in Cars Solve a Problem We Didn't Have." And I'll just read the quote towards the end. The incentives of car makers are pretty clear. Touchscreens are cheaper than designing and installing a mechanical panel. And given that most cars today are reliable, come with lengthy warranties, and array of mostly uniform features, a big screen becomes a way for a car brand to distinguish itself from its competitors, especially on the showroom floor before potential buyers have a chance to really immerse themselves in just how annoying the screen will be. I can think of no better way of describing the frustration of the modern consumer than buying a car with a feature that makes you less safe, doesn't improve your driving experience in any meaningful way, saves the manufacturer money, and gets sold to you as some necessary advance in connectivity because it links you to all the other useless things you do every day on your phone. We might not be able to stop car manufacturers from installing these increasingly gigantic screens, but I would like to present a solution to the only real problem that these giant screens solved. How do you watch your maps while driving? Buy one of those $9 stands that affixes itself to the dashboard of your car and put your phone in it. That way you can turn on your Maps app while driving and keep it at eye level. The conclusion there at the end is a little bit silly. But I think he does raise completely a good agree point. In general, the, the new Cadillac Lyric, for example, comes with a 33-inch touchscreen.
2: Wow!
1: Uh,
0: now, is it, it the... also
1: when we bought our car, the first thing both you and I like complained about, if that's what we're doing, is that it doesn't have a volume dial.
2: Yeah,
0: right. You cannot adjust. The, there are only two places to adjust the volume anytime you're listening to something, and it's on the touchscreen or it's on the steering wheel. And so, for anybody else to control the volume, you have to use the stupid touchscreen. And then, like, and cycling through all the menus to change the balance it's and dangerous. the fade of the speakers is a fucking pain in the ass. And then, like, if you're trying to do anything on there, if I'm using the Google, what uh, was the Android Drive app? It's, I forget yeah. what it's called. It locks you out from doing anything on, on the <laughs> yeah. screen if it thinks that it might be too distracting for you. It's like, well, it's only fucking distracting when you stop me from doing the thing. <laughs> then I get fucking mad. I'm, now I have to wait 30 seconds for the thing to unlock While again. your
1: wife is saying, why don't you let me do that? Why don't you yeah. just focus on the road and you let me do that? And they're like, no, I got it.
2: Is, uh, is this a older person uh, complaint? I don't know how old this uh, cat's been. It's like, you know, the, the... He's already he's forty-two years okay, old. Okay, because I wonder, you now. know, how dare you? Because I haven't read the article, but I almost already agree with him. But I'm like, is it because you're used to the old ways of how it was? And now the no, kids, it's everything dangerous. is a flat screen, and everything. This is-, is also
0: from the piece. The only difference now is that the evidence on the effects that glowing screens have on automated. Automotive safety is overwhelming. In 2017, the AAA Foundation for Traffic Safety found that performing tasks on a car's screen took a driver's attention away from the road for more than 40 seconds. Yep. Oh wow.
1: Because you can't feel. There's nothing tactile. That's true. You used to be able to sort of go, okay, that's three buttons over. That's the next song. Now you just it all feels the same, and it's dangerous. And the audio doesn't work well enough to rely on yet where right. you can say skip this song right. like it doesn't do it right all,
0: all of the voice assistants like for all of the magic that it feels like it is a lot of the time it's not the same as knowing exactly what you want to do with your hand and just reaching out and fucking doing it rather than trying to find the correct watch words for siri or alexa or your your google android thing to get the job done and yeah i definitely agree with him that the touchscreen nonsense in cars is getting overwhelming. And that's I was, ju- I happened to be looking at cars today just cause I'm like at some point in the next five years, probably we're going to have to buy a new car. And so I'm like what? keeping what? jump start on what <laughs> I <don't
2: laughs> Research. What?
1: I thought we decided not to do that.
0: That's why I said at some point in the next five years, we're going to have to buy a new car. That's what I said. You weren't listening.
1: I was listening. It's just that that's very soon. The
0: next five years. I'm not talking about going out this Memorial Day and finding a new car. Anyway, I like to keep abreast of the latest in fucking car technology, whether I'm in the market specifically or not. And I'm specifically looking for – because we we got these fucking giant kids and we've got a fucking dog. So we're going to need a bigger car if we want to be comfortable. But what I, in my dream scenario is I want a three-row all-electric SUV That's what we'll get. to be our next car. And so I'm keeping an eye on those things. And a lot of them are just concepts at this point. They are, they aren't actually in production yet. There's an ID. The Volkswagen makes an ID six that they only sell in China right now, with apparently no plans to bring to the United States now. But in the next couple of years, uh, there will be a bunch of these cars, including from Mercedes and Kia and Hyundai at various price points along the way. Tesla has a three row SUV that's a hundred fucking thousand dollars. Oh wow! Um, but the point is that every single one of these has like dashboard spanning touch screens on them, rather than an instrument panel. It's just this giant fucking LED screen in front of you. I don't know why. I don't know why that's the entire Which direction also, that we're going.
1: They are too bright until they're not bright enough. Yeah. When the sun's shining right yeah. on them, they just suck.
2: By the way, uh, is there any vehicle that's like electric or whatever fancy that? has a a hybrid that has like some knobs and also the screen
0: no because even the ones that have knobs like the like bmw introduced years ago they introduced the giant single knob thing so instead of a touch screen it was just a big screen on your dash but you just have basically a big clicker wheel like a big mouse wheel to navigate it with which means you're spending your entire time looking at the screen as you
2: navigate through the menus it's like a touch thing like you, you you move the thing and then you Press down, and it'll make the
0: selection.
2: Like an iPod. Cadillac. I
0: saw Cadillac's latest version of that does the same thing. Like, it's a big spinny wheel thing that you click on. And, yeah, it seems unlikely that we're going to roll that back to a more analog solution going forward. What's
2: weird is I didn't even know that it was cheaper. I guess it makes sense that it is. But, like, it has the illusion of progress, even though it's actually making what was working, like, harder to, to navigate. But like right, my in 2003 your oh, Jetta wow. had
0: had all of the balance and fader and bass and treble options just right there on the deck, da- yeah. and I just reach and I can spin it. My shitty friend Augie would reach out and just rip the button right, off the, na- he would, right off the right off the dashboard, just like to get a kick he out of it. Also,
1: like to pull the emergency brake as you started driving.
0: Yeah, he would yank uh, the emergency oh. brake just for fun. That's usually not ideal. Doesn't it, the car no, break he's when you? Not
1: ideal. <laughs> yeah,
0: he was hilarious though. Uh, <laughs> Anyway, to uh, to move on from what's uh, very much an our bogus future sort of story, I, I want love to. That all
1: three of us agree so much about something. Yeah, that's
0: rare that we all agree that 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 Jay Kang here is correct and that there should not be giant touchscreens and vehicles. To move on to something that actually is good and actually does work, I'm going to do the rare thing where this is not our bogus future. This is our our bright and wonderful and shiny and chrome future. Oh. Uh, A few months ago, I started using what's called the Wegmans Scan app. Wegmans is a uh, grocery outfit. Wegmans is a grocery store. Install this app on your phone. You connect to the Wegmans Wi-Fi. You open up the app, and you scan your groceries as you go. And you just fill your cart with groceries. Wait, wait. Are you
2: picking up the groceries as you're... So you have a cart? You
1: scan them.
3: You s-
0: yeah, boop, so I, and then... So what I do, because I'm a very environmentally-minded person, oh, obviously. Right. I take all this stuff very seriously. So I take my gigantic cardboard box that fits neatly into the bottom of the grocery cart. From Costco. From Costco. I got the big box. I put it in the grocery cart. And then, like, if I want a gallon of milk, I pick the gallon of milk up off the from the refrigerated section. I open up my app and my camera viewfinder scans the barcode nice. off of the gallon of milk and it goes into my shopping bag on my app there it's like you know yeah. $2.89 is how much you have currently spent and i put the gallon of milk into my shopping cart and i do that i spend my 30 or 45 minutes or whatever shopping i can do it with the produce because you can weigh the produce the on the scale later. they it pops up on the display screen on the produce scale one of those little barcodes and you just scan the barcode and it's like okay that's 3 dollars in bananas you put the bananas in your cart etc etc you get to the end you go to a self checkout counter the only valid use for the self checkout at the grocery store is when i have spent the last half an hour scanning everything into my phone right. and then i just scan the barcode that's on the self checkout counter and it tallies my order up, which I have already seen a running total, so I know if there are any discrepancies I need to be worried about. I can then scan any additional items that I didn't uh, scan as I was walking through the store. And I just place my credit card on the machine.
1: so wonderful.
0: And I just
2: walk out the fucking door
0: with all of
1: my groceries. You don't need people anymore.
2: Is there any verification process? Because, I mean, you can, in theory, take an additional item... Like if you got like I'm
1: fucking watching you is the verification process,
2: right? But but there isn't like oh uh, just uh, a random pull, uh, sir. Uh, you happen to be the random pull, and we're gonna do a we're gonna count all of these things. So there's nothing like that. They're just. I mean, I don't know. I have
0: not yet been walking out of Wegmans and <laughs> then gotten the uncomfortable <laughs> tap on the shoulder. Like come on back, sir. We saw what you did with that hummus, sir. <laughs> Maybe I'm sure it was just an accident, <laughs> sir.
2: Is there, uh, does this also work? Because I imagine you need some human interaction for this. If you picked up a 12 pack of beer and you did the scan, don't they need to verify? So you're that's, 21? I think
0: that's why they make you go through the process at the checkout, okay. because there's always somebody manning the self checkout area, and I have not yet. Uh, because of the various ways that I've evolved here, because I'm environmentally minded, oh. I don't buy booze anymore, well, I you. haven't bought beer since they introduced this app. So I don't know, <laughs> but presumably what would happen is that if I scanned the beer, I would then have to show my ID to the person who's manning all because 12. We're not
1: there yet for it to measure your biometrics and just know how old you are, but we're getting there.
0: Yeah. Yeah, presumably I would have to show my ID to the whoever's running the self-checkout lanes well,
2: there. Well, this sounds like a nice little thing. Uh, when did they roll this out? Is it like brand new? Just within the last few months, yeah. Some other
1: place has been doing it. Walmart, maybe?
0: I don't know.
2: I Some know.
1: other place, I've heard, maybe Whole Foods? I don't know. It's, a, it's a pleasant... It
0: it's, a, it's a It's a perfectly seamless experience, and it's not like weird future dystopia, the way that those Amazon stores look like they are when you see the where you just take it off the shelf and you can just put it in your bag yeah, and I, then walk out the door yeah. like that's that's too much for me that's that's a step too far this where I'm one still in one
1: literal step
0: right i'm i'm still in control and i have to you yeah, know i've got my phone out half the time at the grocery store anyway i can listen to my podcast i walk around enjoyably shopping and i'm i'm scanning as i go it's it's fucking fantastic and it's
2: user friendly like if you took something and you're like you know what I don't need this Yeah, I can go back and
0: edit the. I can edit the list that I've scanned. I can take things away that I don't want anymore. Oh, that's great! It's great. There's only one. The one slight problem with it is that the white American cheese doesn't scan. I don't know what the fuck the problem is. There's just this one hole in this entire grocery (laughs) store that I found so far. What's the when I scan? I scan the white American cheese and it's like. Uh, you're going to need further assistance for this product. I'm like, ah, I'll just put it back. I'm not I'm not here to have further assistance. That's literally
1: why we don't have white American that, cheese. That's probably their goal. The that's
2: one. why I've been getting yellow American Amazing. cheese the last well, few weeks. Well, I like
1: weeks. the yellow one better.
2: Look at white men and uh, that kind of cheese. There's probably some sort of uh, underlying issue. They're trying to blacklist it. Maybe.
0: Anyway, no complaints there about that whatsoever. Well, hopefully they'll roll, roll that out to...
2: at, uh, at my Kroger here. Kroger
1: is garbage. No, no, it's
2: great. It's like
0: I like you you immediately went to the the question of theft prevention and I think that I think that it it's going to be a neighborhood based rollout. Uh, I mean <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> you, you you shop at what was once known as murder oh, please. Kroger, Still so. is known.
2: hardly any murders. I keep telling people.
0: Uh let's see what else can we complain we about. Nick, did uh, we
1: talk about Nick Saban also Sam Neill? I don't want to Neal. talk about
0: that. Yeah, that's right. Okay, so before Are we done? Are we no, we're not done? done. God damn it. Fucking CBS news websites suck. Before we get <laughs> into uh, Strassman for the week, All right. quick question for you guys, quick uh, pop quiz hotshot. I saw come across my feed a handful of times this week, which, by the way, it seems like there's no uh, uh, algorithm technology, right? Yeah. The, the AI that is supposed to be driving our entire lives these days. I saw this story come across my stupid Google news feed half a dozen times. For half a dozen different websites were writing about it. I did not linger. I did not click. I, I showed, exhibited no interest whatsoever. Do and you, yet the stories kept coming.
1: You, and this do goes, you have any podcasts where you talk about either of these people?
0: No. And it's further. Oh, I think further, gonna... I get uh, the Johnny Depp and Amber Heard trial has been shoved down my fucking throat from every direction, despite the fact that I have adamantly refused to engage with the content at all, ever. Not on Twitter, not in my Google News feed, which is – like I could open it up right now. I guarantee you there are three or four different stories in my Google scroll just about Johnny Depp and Amber Heard trial, and I've never clicked on one of them. I have no interest in clicking on any of them. I don't want to know the details of their stupid trial, and yet they're trying so hard to make it happen.
2: I think that's one of those that's not one of those localized, personalized for you because – I experienced the same thing, and I yeah, I've gotten a lot of that on the, on the morning news that I watch daily. I fast forward through those segments, so like I mean, not that they're keeping track of my YouTube TV, whatever, but like at any point oh, that I come are. across, I don't like <laughs> click on it. I don't like just sit there and watch it. So I think that that story, and I don't know why, is a very popular story. Anytime I open Facebook, it's there. Any app that it's like, oh somebody took a shit somewhere. It's like oh okay great like. Why is it still a story? Like, is it just kind of sits there. So it must be a very popular story. Other people probably are c- clicking on it and they're like, fuck it. I guess
0: so. I, I see no appeal to that story whatsoever. I don't want to know anything about the stupid internal workings of that relationship. Maybe for the or any of other case, for what it Money
2: stuff, right? Oh, get it
0: Yeah. Anyway, uh, back to the issue at hand here, which is a story that I saw featuring an interview about the upcoming Jurassic World threequel whatever it is that the third and final alleged movie in the jurassic world series which is bringing back uh the two of the main stars of the original jurassic park uh laura dern and sam Neill.
1: jeff goldblum's in it sure
0: but goldblum has been all over hasn't he been in previous iterations of this franchise already
2: I've seen all the of them, them and I don't remember watched. any. Of them. I'm sure he has. I don't think
0: you're. I don't think you're supposed to remember the Jurassic World movies. <laughs> I don't think that's the but point. He
1: wasn't in the one we just watched with the kids.
0: Yeah, he was not in Jurassic World. I guess that's right. Um, anyway, Sam Neill and Laura Dern played the the lead characters in Jurassic Park uh, back in 1993. Question for you, uh, you two: How old do you think those actors were? At the time that the movie was made.
2: I don't like this I, game. I say Laura Dern was 29 and and the guy was 48. Something like that.
1: What What year was that? 94?
0: 93.
1: And what year is it now?
0: It is... Um, 22? 2022. So
1: has been 30 years? Yeah. Ugh. She's 55. Yeah, she was... Probably 55 now, right?
0: I'm not answering any questions. I just want to know how old do you think Laura <laughs> Dern and Sam Neill were in 1993? Yeah,
1: I think she was 29 They're probably like, and he was 40.
0: Okay, so probably, Abe guessed 29 for... And 48. So we both, both of oh, you guessed tw-
2: did we both guess the same thing? You both
0: guessed 29 for Laura Dern and you both guessed uh, well, in I the guess 40s. I guessed 48
2: and then 40. 48. Yeah. But okay. at least eight generations apart. At right. least 18
0: so years old. So Abe has is, Abe is touched on the heart of the story, which is the criticism of that relationship now when there wasn't criticism of that relationship then, mm. which is that he was much older oh, than her. Oh, come on.
2: Is that a real criticism?
1: But wait, All Right. So, for, in a relationship? so, so first, yes, in the
0: relationship? Yes, and the characters were in some sort of a relationship, yes. All right. The answer to how old Laura Dern was in 1993... Is that she was only twenty-three years old. Wow, wow. Well, she was a very old looking twenty-three because
3: Yeah. yeah. (laughs) She looks way better now.
0: While I recognized that there was an age gap there, I did not realize it was twenty-one it was twenty years. So so she she
1: supposed to be his student?
0: No, they were just supposed to be scientists out there in the field. But Laura, the point is, Laura Dern, 23, uh, Sam Neal at the time, like 42 or something years old. But my impression of those two people is that they were roughly the same age, that he was made, yeah. like, in my head, watching that yeah. movie as recently as, like, a month ago, yeah. it didn't stand out to me that they there was some sort of weird age discrepancy there. I would I have guessed, a... like, five to seven years or something right. like yeah. that. I, I thought it was a 20-something,
2: were... 30-something kind of thing, but not, right. like...
0: But so, but I would have guessed that they're both in their 30s. Like, I, yeah. would have, I would have pegged her at about 30, and I would have pegged him at, like, mid to late 30s, and... Apparently that is entirely wrong, but nothing about the relationship in the movie suggests some sort of weird age gap thing yeah. is going on. They right. play very much as peers, yeah. they, and they, they look very much like yeah. peers. Uh, right. I don't know what that says about... Uh, maybe it says something about some weird embedded patriar- patriarchal shit no, in my head. No,
2: it's we look better now. Right. But what a ridiculous argument... To the extent that it is even is an argument because there are so many examples of that type of thing and this is not it. Oh, so like, many. There are so many times where this old bag of bones is dating somebody who's like 40 years younger and it's fine because – I don't know. Right, whatever charming. whatever sins
0: there are in Jurassic Park, the idea that those two characters had a disgusting age gap relationship that wouldn't be acceptable today is not one of them. Like right. I just how it became a thing just blows my fucking mind. And I guess it, it's because like like now you wouldn't even think about a sixty year old and a forty year old, right? Like it's just right. Like, what, it's it's what not a, a
2: big deal. Also, Tom Cruise, half of the movies that he's in is like oh. I got this weird face, no, it's, but
1: it's a—it's for sure a forever ongoing problem. Right, where you right. Have young. Women I'm not with
0: saying old that, men. They, that. I'm not saying that it's not a potential no, problem. I'm saying that in this one case, right, it never even occurred to me that there was an age gap issue yeah, it's going like on there. Even
1: if she is actually 23 or whatever, and he's actually 42, they seem to be playing
2: equal-aged people.
0: Right, they seem to be peers.
2: Also. Maybe it's just me but you you know when you watch a movie when you're young cuz I think I watched it when it came out I was like 12 or whatever and everybody just seemed older right so like yeah, it's is surprising older. to if I watched it again like, I don't know I haven't seen it in a while but like in my head no, they I just old. thought they were both older and they like are. Comparably older, like, right? What's st-
0: funny is having watched this movie just a month ago, I identified with them in exactly the same way like, oh, those oh, are they- just people <laughs> about my age. Like, they're, <laughs> like I, didn't, I don't think of them as being like, I don't when I saw her, I didn't think of her as being dramatically younger than yeah. me, Not and I didn't think of him as being dramatically no. older than I me. I
1: think of both of them as being older than me, obviously,
0: right? Right, a couple other things, real quick is it like I said before we even started recording, like, this feels like a week where there's just a billion things to talk about, but nothing in particular that matters, Uh, (laughs) which is a good reason to have a fucking two-hour podcast, I guess. Real quick on Taylor Lorenz's latest story for the Washington Post, which is about the ending of a disinformation program that was going to be run out of the Department of Homeland Security that I don't think that we talked about before on the show, even though it, it sort of made the rounds on Twitter and in the in the especially on the right wing
2: what was the origin story like what was the inception like the concept i don't understand why housed under HHS like what
0: no not HHS DHS it was DHS. A, oh, okay
2: oh okay homeland security okay
0: yeah homeland security this woman her name is uh, Nina Jankowitz she was going to be one of the leads in this new anti-disinformation effort by the department of homeland security nothing was set in stone but they announced this program before it was even fucking halfway cooked it seems like and uh, and the made best her- case
2: scenario is what like they'll chime in every now and again and say oh by the way tucker you were slightly off about that thing you said on tuesday's show like what
0: Right. So that's the thing is it was never fully explained what exactly it was going to be and so you had to rely on the things that this Nina Jankowicz person had been saying in public up until now and then also when she was interviewed about this new department. I'll link to the a, a number of different stories about this in the in the show notes if you want to read up on it if if this has escaped you. The the only reason that I bring it up now is that they the Biden administration ended up killing the program because of how poorly it was received. And the Washington Post <laughs> wrote this up uh, via Taylor Lorenz, the, the internet and culture reporter that they hired away from the Times last year. They wrote this up as some sort of victory for right-wing disinformation <laughs> that somehow this this anti-disinformation outfit that was supposed to be born out of uh, the Department of Homeland Security had itself become a victim of the disinformation wars specifically in some organized way by some sort of right-wing effort to smear uh, Jankowitz in particular and and it wasn't that it was a combination yeah the sure she became sort of famous on right-wing Twitter because she Posted a bunch of awkward videos where she does a Mary Poppins routine singing about disinformation. Um, and <laughs> also, there was some like Zoom call that went viral, a clip of which went viral, where she says that people at the disinformation office would be capable of editing tweets that were posted by public officials. So, like, and her example was if Trump posts a tweet about how the election was stolen then somebody from the disinformation office could go in and edit that tweet to add additional context to it, which is, like, weird fucking dystopian shit.
2: From the disinformation office. So they, they say this without any, like, boy, this sounds like a stupid fucking idea. Like, just without any sort of don't react to the pressure that comes from whatever. Just sound out the words that you're saying. Just, like, what a remarkably stupid fucking like that idea. earlier. Right. Just stop, because also just be honest. There is no, uh, like, let's say the, the 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 everybody was cool with this, right? Like, there's no opposition that would have gone forward. What do they hope to accomplish? It's not going to be like somebody's like, oh, I didn't notice that. Thank you for telling me. Like, people lie for a particular reason, right? And they're going to continue to lie because they think they'll have some sort of benefit for them right, right. So you're like, also
0: you're also you're setting up a government agency that's going to be the quote-unquote arbiter of truth right. and you don't think that's going to become the target of every neck like in what world is this anything but a complete fucking disaster yeah it's a terrible idea yeah and and it the idea that the pressure campaign to put a stop to it or to at least better explain it came only from bad faith right wing actors is just a fucking lie and it's a a lie of omission largely so you can argue about uh, how grave a sin it is but there were plenty of left wing uh, academic types and also not the ACLU but like you know civil liberty type organizations that were discomfited by the fact that uh, there was going to be a very much like 1984 dystopian sounding department within the department of Homeland security that was going to determine that was going to claim as its mantle, the arbiter of truth uh, on the internet. And for, and like the more that you talk about it, the more absurd it becomes like then. Therefore, if, something has not been corrected by this department within the Homeland Security Division, by the disinformation people, then it must be reliable? Because right. like, that is sort of the default, is that either it's been edited and, and clarification has been made, or you can assume that because no clarification has been made, that then I guess this must be true? Like, are they going to be able right. to go through the entire internet? <laughs> like, it's just
2: completely fucking absurd. Also, is it... was? I mean, it seems like... A- ill-conceived plan from the start but was the idea to just focus on public official statements or like anything that came across their attention they would comment on like and 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 what if it was a political statement let's say the potus the uh, president's uh, twitter handle says something like oh Putin's uh, tax hike or whatever, or whatever they were saying for a while that they stopped, like, would they interfere with that? They say, well, technically, there's a lot of factors at play. You can't pin all this on. Like, would they do that against their own administration? Like, it just seems like, why put yourself in that position to where you're going to be receiving criticism and it's going to make news stories at all times when you get something wrong or you're not quick enough to correct something that, you know, Somebody else noticed? Like, why be in this business? It's very hard to do simple things in government as it is. Why would you want to take on more work for no possible benefit? This is not going to solve anything.
0: If anything, anything, it will then become a badge of honor in the same way that when they started appending Trump's tweets and various other tweets around the election – It started to become a badge of honor for these people to get fact-checked by various organizations right? and say, this is how you can tell that you're actually on to something, is that they they get upset about it.
2: The former, I think it's HHS, Tom Price, a Georgia politician, he...
0: Abe is actually talking about former head of the EPA under Trump, Scott Pruitt, who resigned after a uh, corruption and spending scandal. Not former head of HHS Tom Price who resigned because of a corruption and spending scandal just to be clear
2: he is he came out of the woodwork now I guess he's trying to run for senate somewhere Oklahoma I don't know somewhere but um, he's trying to do a, a a campaign and his commercial his political ad was basically the Washington Post and the New York Times said I lie or something Right, and basically that was like the thruster as, a, as a badge of honor right and it's like those are the people you're trying to like convince like it doesn't make any sense and would it like would it hurt anybody to say yeah we fucked up our bad no, no one's like uh, no campaign no conspiracy it was an idea somebody suggested it we thought it was a good idea but now looking into it it was a terrible fucking idea
0: Right. Well, that's basically what Mayorkas said. The head of DHS, uh, Mayorkas, well, good. Uh, apparently was never into this idea, was never completely sold on the idea. And as soon as it ran into a wall of opposition, was happy to let it go away. And good for him. Yeah. Right. Uh, but the framing of it by the Washington Post and, and Taylor Lorenz in particular as some sort of... Uh, successful right-wing smear campaign against the noble Nina Jankowicz is fucking absurd. And it was further framed that way by a number of different outlets that then pick up this very thinly reported story by Taylor Lorenz. Like NPR tweeted out their own version of this story and, and ran with it that there was a coordinated right wing campaign to end the disin- like and there's, with no evidence and no additional reporting by NPR to back up that claim. Right. And it's the I it, I don't know why it it shouldn't bother me as much as it did, <laughs> but it did bother me to see NPR pick up on a completely fact-free claim by Taylor Lorenz and and repackage it in the with the imprimatur of NPR. I know it's silly when I say things like with the authority of NPR behind it, but like that fucking matters to me, and it, right. should matter to, it should matter to these institutions if they're going to have any credibility going forward or to start to rebuild that credibility is, is to not lean into these stupid culture war things that are driven by the worst journalists on the planet, like Taylor Lorenz. Right. Uh, real quick, and I, I would normally just let this go because it's not a great one, but because it's such a clear crossover event between the buffer and... <laughs> cast iron brains we're gonna play a little uh, mark strassman america's favorite game show did mark strassman cbs news's senior national
3: correspondent get off a good one
1: mark strassman has her inspirational story
3: marathoners typically run on two legs and grit jackie hunt bruschma does it on one
1: I didn't want to be an amputee. I was like, this is not my life. I'm just going to be normal.
3: 20 years ago, at age 26, the South African native got bone cancer, a tumor near her left ankle. I'm going to pause for a second. Yeah? The
0: way that he talks, and this is setting aside his wonderful pun game and all the rest of it, but (laughs) his newsman voice, I'll I'll replay the part here, but 20 years ago, she got... (laughs) Bone cancer,
3: <laughs> <laughs> and he does this breathy thing, it's just so wonderful. The South African native got bone cancer, a tumor near her left ankle. A tumor near her left ankle it almost sounds like it's, he's advertising it. It's like,
0: it. yeah, he's advertising it, and he breathes in on weird like syllables, surprise. like, yeah, his, yeah it's yeah. just bizarre. All right, Strasser, get back to her. A tumor near her left
3: ankle.
1: Within three weeks, I went from cancer diagnosis to having my leg amputated. And I was
2: like, no, I'm going to fight this.
3: From the beginning, your mindset was, this will not limit me. I was very stubborn. (laughs) (laughs) Still am. But you need beyond stubborn to run marathon after marathon, day after day. Jackie's journey this year. In all, 104 marathons in 104 days. She raised almost $200,000, enough to buy running blades like hers for 50 para-athletes. People are going to look at you and go, are you crazy?
1: (laughs) I had to, like, convince myself, yes, this is crazy, but you can do it.
3: So your messages were all capable of so much more?
1: Yes, that's exactly my message. You just go and try something hard, something that's personal to you.
2: 102
1: marathons
2: in
3: 102 days. Jackie Hunt-Bruschma challenged herself and stuck to it for the long run. Mark Strassman, CBS News, Phoenix. Uh, Before
0: we get the answer to the question, uh, very shitty journalism, Strasser, to say, so your message to the people is – and then put the line in her mouth and not even get her to repeat it so that you can then edit yourself out saying it, right? So reporters do this all the time where they are trying to get the money quote from the person, and so they feed it to them and hope that they just repeat it back to them, right? Because those weren't her words. Those were Strasser's words, but she didn't do the repeat thing. So he had to leave himself in yeah. <laughs> asking. So your message is exactly these six words that I just said. Right. And she says,
3: oh, yes. Right. That's my message. So your messages were all capable of so much more.
1: Yes, that's exactly my message.
2: <laughs> By the way, that's a, uh, a very reliable, uh, tactic that, uh, he worked for CBS, he would know, but 60 minutes does that a lot. They'll always like say the thing, and then the other person will just say exactly what the person yep. just said. I've noticed that. And like, yeah.
0: the classic, um, classic journalism thing yeah. is to try to get them to say your words. <laughs> anyway, there are like, it's, it's a short minute, 90 seconds of uh, a report. He, he sneaks, he tries to do like three or four different things in there. Abe, hey, at any point, did Mark Strassman uh, get off a good one?
2: I did like the the long
0: run one uh, but no. Ooh, oh, sorry Mark. <laughs> Try again next time. No. Not a good one. we will right, we'll, uh, close up that segment. Let's uh, the screenshots America's here real quick. There's anything show. else we did want to talk Mark Mark about Trustman, tonight before CBS we wrap News's up? Senior national correspondent. Get off a good one. Uh, let's see. How can I put this in as reactionary a term as possible? The United States men's national team cucked themselves this week, Abe, when (laughs) when they allowed the women to pool all of their World Cup bonus checks into one gigantic pool and then split them equally, which was the only possible way that we were ever going to get equal pay for the men's and women's teams although their their talent levels relative to their sport are are not at all equal the men have been getting paid far more than the women for many years because of the disproportionate amount of money that there is for men's soccer uh, relative to women's soccer and as i said i'm putting it as reactionary as i possibly can but i, I I'm not kidding when I say that this something about this that bothers me. Uh, what is it?
2: Because when th- the story came out, it seemed fu- I mean, maybe because I uh I'm inclined to like anything with gimmicks, you know, like you know, the United States Senate, every state Abe is has the two ultimate votes. ultimate
1: feminist.
2: Yes, and- <laughs> see, Abe, is, Abe is the But th- what I think the reason why I didn't mind it at all is because the men's soccer team is in the much more lucrative Man's side, right? But the team fucking sucks, right? So they're like, they, they were getting a, a cut of the money and they really had nothing to do with it. Basically, all these other nations were really good at the sport and it was a very popular sport and they were benefiting off of something okay. they didn't do. And
0: that's, I understand, I understand that argument. And right. uh, I mean, good for them, I, but I can understand why a bunch of fucking losers. Like the United States men's soccer team would then decide, yeah, yeah, you're right. We're fucking losers. We don't deserve this money. You, you could, you should have it, girls. But, but to be fair uh, to the shitty men. They're not getting that money based on the revenue that the sport brings in in this country, right? right. We're, already, we're already hitching our wagon to the international audience right. in terms of the money that's available here, right? right. So I don't understand. Like, the reason that there's a pool of uh, fucking half a billion goddamn dollars for the men's uh, World Cup to split up amongst them is because of the international audience. It's not because right. of how many people in America watch it, so wait, wait. which is a, a relatively paltry sum
1: these men voted they chose this they elected this or did someone decide this for them
0: no the men had to agree to it
1: so would you want to be the guy these fucking losers uh (laughs) no i'm not gonna give the women who are clearly better and have been this is what i'm saying is that they have
0: they have internalized this this uh whatever the opposite of misogyny is i can't remember the name right now
1: it does not exist
0: this hatred of men's soccer. They've internalized it because they're such fucking losers and they never win anything. <laughs> and they elected to cuck themselves by giving their – what, to be fair, is not rightfully earned, right? This team fucking sucks. They deserve nothing. <laughs>
1: but, That's what they're saying. <laughs>
0: right, I know, but it's fucking pathetic. Also, I, and, it, I, I, and it, it like it gets right to the heart of why United States men's soccer sucks is because they're obviously just full of fucking losers. And you know, <laughs> what? you cannot recruit a better team. Like, right. no wonder all these people they go play for actual fucking countries uh, with good soccer programs. Right. And Especially going forward, if you're a kid with like dual heritage because you're born in uh, fucking your your dad's Brazilian and your mom's Japanese, but you were born in fucking Puerto right. Rico or whatever. Right, right. Like you're going to go play for one of these countries where you're going to get a seven million dollar payday, well, if yeah. you're, whether your team wins or not. Rather than like, oh, yeah, I guess we got our 175 grand. And we got to split <laughs> it with the ladies. Like, you're not going to improve the team with this with this grandiose gesture. That, you, yeah, sure. Is it is it more equitable for the women? Yes, absolutely. By the way, it's not good for I, the sport, though.
2: I didn't read it's any article sport. that. That specifically talked about the actual amount. Like, but, because this is just the bonus portion of their compensation, right? So everything else is whatever it was. And then just the pool money gets pooled both genders. And it's like, well, we're just going to. Right. Because chop I think that the,
0: the pool, I, I, I think it was like half a billion dollars of money is available for the men's side. And it's something ridiculously smaller for the women like it's I think it's increased it like tenfold and it's still only like 40 million dollars or something right. like that right. like it's a it's a it's a huge difference and and for what it's worth it doesn't like the current split doesn't track with the ratings like so the while the women's World Cup is in fact it only gets like a third the ratings right. it doesn't have a third the prize pool and right. so you can make an argument that they should at least get closer to normalizing it based on the the actual revenue that it's drawing and and getting it close to maybe say a third of the prize pool would be a, a more fair way of doing it but that relies on FIFA actually doing the work well, here but that's and also, this had nothing to do with FIFA this had only yeah. to do with the internal soccer union so that these players all that belong to
1: Americans watch the women's world cup less than the men's world cup the, the, but
0: no, i'm saying the global ratings oh uh,
1: yeah but, but but this is the american team we're talking about yeah and also because way more people watch the men women's world yes. cup team because they actually make it to the tournament
0: well, they see more of the games they don't watch when the men are in the tournament the men draw when? a but higher that hasn't
1: number
2: happened for a very well, long hey, time it's like the no, eclipse. They only missed out already. on the
0: most recent one, right? They played. They were they were in the one before that. Yeah, but they that.
2: never get out of the uh, the group stage. It always sucks. Sure. And I, I, this is like this year. It's the... like happening oh, now, now that they have stage. the fucking. They got this loser mindset. They're never going to get out of the group <laughs> stage. All, now the, their loser mindset was already there. What if they start playing better? You know, as a result of this, you know, they hate yeah. to rag into winners. You know, on the women's side, and also yeah, they're gonna, they're going to want to try to
0: claw back that fucking money if they start winning. I guarantee it.
2: By the way, uh, what, the Title IX, what is that thing where uh, in college, like women, they, basically they, they had to be like a uh, parody uh, in opportunities in sports in college, right? And people yeah. back then were complaining, oh, we're going to have to cut our wrestling team because you need to have blah, blah, blah. And things turned out fine. And now America had like the best women athletes yeah, ever.
1: Get more money is what right? happened. It
2: worked out. It was a great investment in the 70s. And now look at it, you know. Same thing with the WNBA. Give it a few more years, they'll turn the corner, invest. Things will get better.
0: I don't think that's happening with the WNBA.
2: Just it's going to turn the corner. But they're starting to earn more and more money. They don't have to go to Russia to play, hopefully, by the end of the decade. and They still have to kind of supplement WNBA their The WNBA is
0: entirely unprofitable and is so held far. up entirely by the charity of the NBA, correct?
2: Right, so far. But if you invest in something, I mean, half of the stuff that the government, I mean, space flights and whatever, they're just a money pit. And then now, fucking these companies are going to come in and reap the benefits. So, you know, invest.
0: Uh, This is a new segment called uh, – this is a uh, a very fast segment. Don't worry. (laughs) New segment called uh, a screenshot of a headline of a story that I didn't click on that we will not have to discuss any further. I'm just going to (laughs) – Point to it and move on. Story, Yahoo News. Uh, the, the lead picture is of Kendrick Lamar holding a microphone. The headline is, A white dad reacted to Kendrick Lamar's new album, and he's just as impressed as the rest of us.
1: Oh, good. Okay. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that
0: wraps up this week's segment of uh, Bob Reads, a headline of a story he refused to click on but found worth sharing anyway.
2: That's some content generation.
0: Yeah, You've been listening to Cast Iron Brains, a podcast with Bob and Abe. Find the show on Facebook or Twitter. Also head over to castironbrains.com or brainiron.com for show notes, and the show's website, our largely defunct blog. You find our Twitter feed. I got quote tweeted by Matt Taibbi this Look week. Look at that.
1: Taibbi sucks.
0: Matt Taibbi is good.
1: His attitude sucks.
0: He had a bad take today. A terrible I take. Said something to him about it, and then he quote tweeted me, exposing the cast iron brains Twitter account <laughs> to his many masses, and I saw zero increase in follower count uh, Give because it time. of it. But thanks, Matt. I guess I'll maybe I'll try to tweet yeah, that's how more Twitter this week.
1: Works. You just got to let it marinate for a little while.
0: Try to grow the brand. Uh, some things we didn't talk about this week that I wanted to include: Josh Hawley. Uh, a couple weeks ago, announced his targeting of the Disney copyright stuff. We'll get to that in the future. Oh, and one other thing, a newspeg thing that we should have talked about but didn't, is uh, Joseph Biden, the president of the United States, announcing that if China <laughs> tried to fuck with Taiwan, we'd we'd go to war with them in order to protect Taiwan, which is one of those things that is arguably true and arguably something that he believes and is also in direct opposition to the administration's stated standpoint and also the long-standing position of the United States government of a, a so-called one-China policy. Which, uh, agree with it or not, uh, is probably not something that should just be overturned because the president got asked a question at an
2: inopportune moment and opened his mouth. Is this one of those, the old man m- misspoke or... Let's use the fact that he's an old man to say something that they can just quickly walk back if it goes the other way. That's kind of like test the I, – I do the, wonder the, if well, this the walk, was deliberate The walk or not. back
0: itself was fucking – the walk back itself was cowardly because it was like, oh, the president actually didn't change anything. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> uh, but just to clarify, uh, actually, that you know the administration's standpoint hasn't changed at all and blah, 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 blah. Again, it's just – it's another example of Joe Biden – being very much out of the loop from what his administration allegedly believes.
1: It's a very poor example of not talking about something.
0: Sorry. It's a big deal. Big geopolitical drama. Hey I think uh, was it next week is Memorial Day, correct? Yes. And that, yes. Didn't you say that the uh the coronavirus was gonna be over
1: uh, it
3: is a year over.
0: ago <laughs> next week? <laughs> This is just not a new. Do? We a went new phase. to a
1: ballet recital. Look at us.
0: Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty bad out there. Although it's worth pointing out that the deaths have not yet caught up with the sudden spike in Don't cases be so everywhere.
1: Excited about it.
2: Yeah. No. Anyway, Abe, did you uh, did you make it to the movies this week? I did. I, I went to go see uh, this horror movie called Men. Right. Uh, appropriate. What's it called? It's, it's called Men. Men. Yes. So the whole movie is This is, is by the guy be- who
0: did – sorry, it's by the guy who did Ex Machina. Right?
3: Yes,
2: which uh, – that was ah. a great movie. This one was a mostly solid movie, but the last 20, 20 minutes went sideways. But anyways, man – horror movie, like uh, about how men are horrible to women kind of thing in horror movie they form. Are. And so like she's like married to this uh, this whiny fucking husband who's like – if you leave me, I'm going to kill myself. And you know, he kills himself and she feels guilt over that. And then basically, every man she interacts with, it's like a different shitty version, um, trait of men, right? Like right. overbearing, like I'm a man, I'm going to take care of you thing, even though she doesn't ask for it. Like this different, the whole movie is that. So it's pretty decent, right? It got rated well, but the last 20 minutes, it just veered way off course until like, Okay, so IMDB, the Internet Movie Database, they have this parental guide, and you know if there's like nudity or swearing, someone will right. chime in. So I do want to read one entry. This is inaccurate uh, as far as – I mean, it's accurate in what happened, but the words that they're using is not accurate. So this is not me saying this. This is this person saying it, right? So to describe right. the last 20 minutes, which I think kind of like undercut the whole movie because it became ridiculous – goes like this. A man gets pregnant, and a vagina emerges beneath his penis. He then graphically gives birth to a smaller version of himself. The smaller version of himself then has the same thing happen to him, and this cycle occurs a few more times before somebody is birthed out of the person's mouth, and he turns from, like, some white guy into the black husband— and the movie ends you know, shortly thereafter. Full frontal accurate, nudity is this, present is this, an this whole time. Is
0: description of the end of the movie?
2: Yeah. The only part that's not accurate is that uh, a vagina emerging. That was his butthole, right? His <laughs> butthole just opened wide.
1: Also, vaginas don't really emerge.
2: Right. So uh, just – and I don't know. I don't think you have to be a parent to uh, chime in on this parent guy, but I just thought it was weird that – it's clearly a dude who just falls backwards and just spread eagles and then out comes another version of himself over and over and over again. you think two times is sufficient, but it just kept on going. And I'm like, all right, I get it. I don't need to see another close-up of somebody's uh, sphincter. Like, I get it. You're doing a thing. But other than that.
0: Abe, having recently endured a movie in which somebody, to quote you, does a bonsai drop onto a butt plug <laughs> right. in order in order to like level up and save the world? That was okay. That's, this yeah. is a step too far.
2: Yeah, no, that was artful and it was done pretty quickly. One sequence. This was just over and over and it's over twenty a lot minutes.
1: Of butt stuff going on.
2: Yeah, yeah,
0: a lot of That's, butt uh, stuff. Uh,
2: the golden age of the butt ass. stuff. All right. Yeah, we
0: watched we watched Jackass four and a half, which I is had like to
1: avert my eyes. There was so much butt stuff. Oh, the behind the
0: scenes, the behind the scenes look at Jackass four, Jackass four point five was on Netflix. I guess this weekend.
1: So good, it was perfect. It was perfect. silly. Too much butt stuff, but like that's my personal.
0: Right. Yeah, Taste. those boys, those boys just like to shove stuff up their butts. And Did anyone get stuff. seriously
2: hurt in this one? I haven't seen it. Well,
1: yeah. I mean, no one died. What are we
0: defining as seriously hurt? Nobody you know. died. So.
2: Concussions. I'm sure, there stuff.
1: were lots of concussions. They're very old. It's yeah. good. It's a great I will always love jackass. It I do, I it's lovely in have most they made, of the time. There are parts that are not good, but like that's everything.
2: Have they made any declaration? Is this it for them or are they going to circle back and do not, it again?
0: They did not rule anything out and I don't think they they ever will. Eventually, it'll be Johnny Knoxville without the old man makeup, just doing the <laughs> old man thing.
2: <laughs> they're like, <laughs> just wow. just do not need the
0: makeup anymore.
2: Very accurate, yeah.
1: It's so good.
0: Uh, did we watch anything else? Should
1: we watched Top Gun a little bit. That's
0: right. We watched the original Top Gun, which is oh, on nice. TV this week.
1: It's a really inappropriate movie. No one should watch it's,
0: it. This this is going to be one of And I'm excited to see Top Gun 2, Maverick, whatever they're calling
2: it. Seeing it on uh, Friday. It,
0: Really spectacular reviews. It's supposed to be fucking great. It's worth remembering that the first Top Gun is a stupid fucking movie. Oh
3: yes, so bad.
0: it does not particularly hold up in any in any real way. Aside from like like even the action scenes, while fun and silly, very much look like they were made in 1986. Right, and uh, like it's it's very much a movie of its time.
2: Yeah, but it, and really it is. never.
0: A, don't follow women into that.
1: the bathroom, right. in general. Yeah, like ever.
0: Right, and it's a it's a gross movie, don't and, and follow the women sexual the politics bathroom. of it are are fucking weird and bad, obviously. But also, it's worth noting, of course, that it's a fucking beloved movie. But I think that it will be the greatest distance between, like, if Top Gun Two Maverick is as good as the reviews are saying that it is. I think it will be. I can't think of another example of the distance between the first movie and the second movie being so great in terms of sheer quality. Like, like in either it, direction
1: it,
2: or I guess what – because usually it gets –
1: Yeah. I mean, no, in this, specifically that, in this
2: direction. That direction. Right.
0: Right. Where the first movie is – Yeah, that's a good point like objectively it's not a good movie like right. yes it is beloved it's not but it's not to a, be a good, good movie, movie either yeah that's
2: why i'm perplexed right that's the thing it that wasn't right. trying like, question to be a good we movie when we were
1: watching it i was like is this cuz i've never seen it straight through right um, still haven't i was watching it sort of shocked and appalled and said like was this supposed to be good right and like i think the answer is no
0: right Right, and so like the distance between, say, Mission Impossible 2, just to stick with the Tom Cruise thing, right. the distance between Mission Impossible 2 and the best of that series is quite dramatic. But Mission Impossible 1 was fucking great. Like The right. first Mission Impossible movie was good, and so it's not surprising that like 30 years later, or however long it's been, they're still making really good Mission Impossible movies. I can't think of another movie that got a sequel that was this bad, and then the sequel was actually really fucking fantastic.
2: I can't – yeah, right now I can't think of any – Sometimes
1: you need 30, 40 years to pass.
0: Now, I will reserve judgment on Avatar 2, of course, because it's entirely possible <laughs> Obviously. that that Obviously. total piece of shit that is Avatar 1, <laughs> yeah. uh, that Avatar very... 2, uh, the w- water waker or whatever they're yeah, calling water it, walker. is going to be – The way uh, of water? You know, the all-timer.
2: Yeah. Maybe Cameron knows the about the water, of water
0: walkers.
1: Crop. We also watched the show with the Kids on the Spectrum, which is also wonderful. Love on the Spectrum. Yeah, Love
0: on the Spectrum on Netflix.
2: How's that? It's great.
0: Good? It's a reality television program. Mm -hmm. It's
2: fine. Better than uh, Ultimatum?
0: Yes. There are actual human beings, (laughs) as fucking bizarre and weird as they are, at least these are actual human beings who... Like I would never dream of doing eugenics to these people who are on the spectrum, but I would, I would highly <laughs> do consider doing. On the
2: record, on that, <laughs> I would, I
3: would highly,
0: I would highly consider doing eugenics to the people on that other show on Nick Lachey's marry or get off the pot or whatever it's called? Would
2: you be able to suss people out at, at a young enough age? Like, oh, this person's going to be very obnoxious in college. Let's just kill him now. Like, how would you, what trait would you go for? You no, can... I would
0: just do eugenics on the on those married it. Oh, the, the, I... the, just do it now. It's not. It's just murders. And it, <laughs> it's,
1: in the name of eugenics. In the
0: name of eugenics, There's I will no, do murders. No way of
2: doing so. this. Yeah, let's just do it. Yeah, yeah.
0: but yeah. no, not to the love on the spectrum people. The, okay. Those are good people.
2: I'm sure they'll be glad to uh. hear that.
0: Anyway, you, uh, <laughs> you got anything else for us tonight, Abe? Nope. I guess that's all we've got for tonight. Then we will talk to you next time. Later. you know, Abe, that for 40 years, crashing trains was one of America's favorite pastimes?
2: Uh, what? Crashing trains?
0: Americans used to gather, and an organizer would run two trains at high speed into each other, and we would all clap and laugh.
2: Is this a made-up thing? Sounds right. It's like a game of chicken when no one can be chicken. Like, there's no other way. have to Hit each other. From
0: Atlas Obscura, I got a good laugh out of that, uh, specifically because it seems like a perfect metaphor for everything that we still do. Yeah, (laughs) which is that we all engage in just watching purposeful, like watching two opposing sides purposefully ram into each other
3: constantly. (laughs)
0: The local alcohol uh, beverage control people in North Carolina said that this little penis here
1: I see a butt.
0: You see this? Can you see my mouse when I'm yeah. showing my screen? Yeah. That is, yeah. Uh... So just... That's a wiener. Okay. And the guy who runs the North Carolina alcohol control said that he wasn't going to stock this beer because of the penis and they had to go to court
1: that guy's gay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like honey. That was...
0: They, bl- they blurred it out. <laughs> because it was uh, sexually explicit.
2: Oh, man.
0: It may oh. not have all the bells and whistles, but it's a penis, oh, attorneys for the North
2: Carolina
0: ABC wrote. Uh, which... The- is the, never something that you want to have to clarify for someone. The thing it may, may not have about. all the bells and whistles. <laughs> <laughs> did, you didn't watch Being There, did you? Being There, what is that? The movie you said you might watch this <laughs> week. Oh. <laughs> It's,
3: uh, uh, I think I right. said
0: last week, or some in a previous week, I said I have to record everything Abe says because I don't remember what Abe says. But the truth of the matter me? is I record it because Abe doesn't remember anything that, that Abe though. says.
2: What is being there? I don't even know what that Peter is. Peter Sellers' movie that we movie. talked
0: about last week.
2: Oh, yes. No, I did not have the opportunity to watch it. Yeah. Well, I, I think it just went out of my mouth and then just forgotten forever. If you hadn't mentioned that, I wouldn't have noticed it. But I'm going to write it the down.
1: place information goes today.
0: Put that on your grocery list or whatever it is. <laughs> that How dare you?
2: I don't need to see another close-up of somebody's uh, sphincter. Like, I get it.